Well, we are now uh, Shabbos after the elections. We now know Trump won, and Pence, we know Hillary lost, big time. Okay. So I have to say personally that I feel very good about this. It's always great to be on the winning side than on the losing side. But uh, it's really, uh, you know, uh, I'm very glad, obviously, that I'm right, not because I am right, that's really irrelevant. The fact, well, the consequences are enormous, which I'm going to talk about today. I really want to go into a certain depth of um, what happened, why it happened here, why it happened in Shemayim, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, and um, what, what it really all means. Uh, and I also want to say certain, certain very surprising ideas, which I haven't said until now, but now I would like to uh, say, say some, and it's really in a certain sense stunning information. But anyway, so, so far I had uh, issued two predictions. Actually, I issued more, but the two, and two of them came out. One of them is Trump won, and the second one in Hillary is vanquished. She's destroyed, and she really is destroyed. I mean, uh, this was everything to her, because she's an egomaniac, and uh, being president of the United States was the only thing that she really wanted, because she's got everything else. She's got about $300 million in water. She has fame. She's the most famous woman in the world, obviously. You know, uh, and uh, she has a tremendous amount of political experience. Probably a lot of it is worthless, but she does have that. And she's just a, a renowned figure. There's no question about that. You know, so to her, the only thing left really was to be president of the United States, uh, which the Bunsham denied her. That's the key. It's God that denied her. You know, I always like to say, you know, that uh, everybody forgot one thing. That's, I don't know how many how many votes were there in the United States. The 150 million, how many people voted, whatever the tally was, you know. But the idea is, which very important, which everybody forgot, is that the only vote that counts is the Ramon Islam, is God's vote. And he voted for Trump, and therefore he won. That's really what it is, you know. Um, and so on. But it's, it's amazing to watch how the Bonsham can alter an election. It's astounding to watch. I mean, uh, you know, we, what we see is that we have no really very poor understanding and very poor knowledge of who he is. That Bonsham could take the entire United States, where there's 320 million people, and actually do what he wants with those 320 million people. And he decided, which we'll go into, uh, Trump's got to win, uh, and Hillary has to lose big time, okay, and, and just happens. It doesn't make a difference, even though they have free will, and they're all coming to vote, and so on. It doesn't mean anything. The Muslim decides that Hillary loses, Trump wins, and that's finished. It's, you, have to, you have to really stand up for the Ramon Islam. His power is just awesome. I just have to, you have to, that's the most important thing to see. Question is why, you know, uh, but what you see is that it doesn't make a difference if people vote. It's his rotsum that has to have a kiyum. Everything else is irrelevant. It's a very important concept to, to understand. But in any case, uh, so two things happened, which I predicted. Trump won. I said that a year and a half ago. I began saying that. And I explained why. And I also said the second reason also is Bush wants to take out Hillary, really destroy her. And I'll go into what I think is going on, and why. Uh, another idea which I think is very important is that, you know, people say, eh, 
you know, the Torah, it's a bunch of narratives, stories, you know, it's got halachas, and so on, you know. And Torah has many ideas in it, but, uh, you know, what can it really tell us about today, relevancy? What I hope that I've demonstrated is the awesome power of the Torah to say what's happening today and what it means. I mean, not that the Torah says it openly, but if you put all the, the Torah and the Mephoshim and the Midrashim together, what emerges is an incredible picture of what is really happening. That's what you see, that the Torah is relevant today, not just for uh, you know, thousands of years ago, 3,000 and what years ago when it was given so on. And I hope, therefore, that I certainly hope that I will have made a tremendous Kiddush Hashem Barabim to be able to take the Torah in its Ashkofa, okay, and be able to understand from the Torah what is happening, why it's happening, and hopefully what will happen. To me, I'm very, I'm very proud of that. Because, um, like I say, people have this idea, well, the Torah is biblical, it's like, you know, it's old stuff. You know, it's antiquities, you know what I'm saying? And we realize that uh, it's incredible what the Torah can call Of course, you have to be able to put it together, but it's there. That's the key, you know. Uh, so the study of Ashkofa is really a, a tremendous uh, study. So that's the first thing that we have to understand, okay? Now, <clears throat> the question is, what happened? I go through a series of different ideas. What happened here? I mean, this is like... This is beyond belief what happened. Everybody's still stunned. Nobody can understand this. So one of the ideas which I had said, which is very important, is that one of the keys to the Mashiach and the whole process is called Evan Moas Wahabinim. Tovramelach in Halel. You know, he said, uh, you know, Evan Moas Wahabinim, the stone that the builders rejected, that became the cornerstone. Not only was it dismissed, it became the Yesui, the foundation of the entire building, because that's what a cornerstone <coughs> is, you know. And therefore, the whole concept of a messianic process, who the Mashiach is, and the whole process he goes through, and how the Rabbanisham is going to bring, how God is going to bring the Geula, the redemption itself, is incredibly concealed for, for ma many reasons. One of which I mentioned is because if the Sotan ever got wind of what's happening, he would prosecute, Makatre, prosecute to try to stop it because that's the worst thing he can ever encounter is the Gula, because the Gula means his, either his death or his, the end of his job, whatever you want to uh, look at and so on and so forth, you know. So therefore, uh, he certainly will be Makatre. That's a very important concept. Therefore, it always has to be what's called Behesta Godel, tremendously secret, tremendously concealed what is happening. And this is an incredible classic example. This is an incredible classic example. Let's take a look at this, okay? Um, the amazing thing about all of this is that everybody hated him. I, you know, it's just astounding how many people hated this guy. You know, Trump. What does that mean? You know, who hated him, you know? I mean, Obama hated the man. I mean, you know. He went around, you know, uh, debasing and, and saying that this man is an Ois Wolf. Uh, he's not fit to be president. You know, I, it's almost like he said he's not fit to be human. It was just right next to that, you know. So Obama hated him. Hillary, of course, hated him. 
sinner. But the interesting, the Democrats hated him. The liberals hated him. You know, the Muslims hated him because he's going to, right, uh, whatever he's going to do to them. The Mexicans hate him because he's going to put up that wall, you know. The media hated him. They became propagandists for Hillary, which is astounding to watch what the media did. And I had mentioned that what they did is a tremendous act of betrayal. You, want, you, have, a, you have an opinion about something? No problem. Put on the opinion page. But how can you put this kind of opinion on the journal page, the first page, whatever? That's supposed to be unbiased opinions, right? So they betrayed their profession. What they did is they destroyed their credibility. And we don't even know the repercussions of what's going to happen as a result of that. Because remember, they destroyed their credibility. I mean, everybody used Everybody saw what these guys are doing. They couldn't believe it, you know, that everybody joined in the chorus. We hate Trump. But they're not supposed to do that. They're supposed to, you know, report the MS, which means the good part of him or the bad part. Fine. But how can, and, and of course they avoided reporting the bad part of her and the good part of him. I mean, you never heard about that, right? So what they did is an incredible act of betrayal. Um, so I, I think there will be tremendous repercussions because you can't trust the media anymore because they've revealed their incredible bias, that their bias will allow them to betray. Anyway, and of course the most astonishing thing is that the Republicans hated him. It's like, excuse me, he's your nominee. What are you guys doing? No, they hated the half. Them, who knows how many Republicans hated the guy because they said he'll not only he will not be president, but he will lose both houses. I mean, Jeff, how suck what these guys had, you know? And therefore, we have to put either Cruz or Cruz. Although Cruz, everybody hated Cruz also anyway. But we have to put I mean, all the guys running and so on and so forth. Or just beyond belief, how many people hated this man? So that's the concept of Evan Moaswa Boynum, right? Literally, Mamish. Okay. The next thing, the next important concept of Mashiach. So we have one concept is Evan Moaswa. I'm giving you two fundamental principles. One concept is Evan Moaswa Boynum, that the Mashiach and the process has to be something which is, in a certain sense, despised. So the Sultan doesn't see it, and therefore he doesn't prosecute to stop the process. The second thing which we always, which we see, the classic which we see is, it's called Venahapoichu. Venahapoichu. Everybody sees it's going one way, and all of a sudden the next day, not only did it not go that way, it went the exact opposite way. And everybody's stunned. That's in Venahapoichu. The only one who could do that is the Rabban Shalom. He has the koyach, the ability to not only uh, stop the consequence of an outcome, but he can reverse the outcome immediately. And that's mamish what happened. I mean, where's the classic Venahapichu? Where was that? By we know Purim. Venahapichu, right? Here comes Haman, and he just came from an incredible dinner because he was going to get Mordechai, right? He's coming to Achashverosh, and he wakes up Achashverosh up in the middle of the night. Well, you know, whatever, right? And he expects what's going to happen, that Achashverosh is going to do what? He's going to say, for no problem, go hang the guy, right? Because that's really why he was coming, to get permission to hang the guy. Okay, fine. Goes to him, and in that night, not only does he not succeed in getting Mordechai hanged, which itself is terrible for Haman. I mean, you can imagine how the guy felt, you know? But on the contrary, he has to go lead Mordechai through the streets 
So he died that he can't kill Mordechai. He has to give Mordechai unbelievable covenant. Well, that's an astounding v'nahapoichu. The only one who can pull that off is the Ramana Shalem, is God. There is no being that has that ability to pull that off. You see, why? Because that's the Indian, because Mordechai was really a Nietzsche or whatever, a Shurish, not probably a Shurish, of Mishich ben Yosef. That's really where he was. And it's from Binyamin, and so on, you know. And the truth is, had the Jews gone out with Ezra, called the Chazal, Rashi, Vesito Emo, Vesito Emo, and so on, Rashi and Yecheskel, Mem Gimel, and so on, that had everybody come back with, with Mordechai, then Ezra would have been Mishich ben Yosef. And that's really who he was. He's a coin, but it doesn't make a difference. Ben Yosef would be any shaver. You see, and that's the riot for that is when the Chazal tell us that Ezra was so great that the Torah could have been given through him. What's the remnants of that? What do you mean the Torah could, could have been given to him? That means besides Moshe, there was another Neshama, Roy, to give the Torah, which is incredible. There's only one Neshama that can do that besides Moshe. Moshe is a Mashiach ben Yosef, almost, not for the and, and, and Ezra's Mashiach bin Yosef. That's the only one who can give. Because really, what Moshe was supposed to give was the Messianic light, the Orishim. But he didn't because of the Chet Egel, the sin of the golden calf. Uh, so therefore, the whole incident of Mordechai and so on, the Moshem brought the whole incident of the Sutton and the Kitrug and the prosecution and the whole concept of Achashash and Haman to allow the, the tshuva, which the Jews did, was so incredible that they were roi to Makabu Mashiach. That's why you needed that tshuva. So again, if Mordechai would have been killed, that goes, that's the end of the whole process, you know, uh, and, and so on. So therefore, that happened, that was an unbelievable v'nahapechu. How do we see this? I mean, listen to this. It, this is a miracle which the United States has never seen before. One, the man has no political experience, nothing. Right? To write home about. Nothing. Number two, he has no military experience. I think when he was young, he went to a military school, but that doesn't count. Anyway, he has no diplomatic experience. He was never a diplomat. He was never an ambassador. He had nothing. He has no foreign, a, a foreign uh, what do you call it, experience with, you know, foreign governments and so on and so on. Nothing, you know. He's not even a lawyer. Because everybody in the United States president, they've all been lawyers, unfortunately. But uh, he's not even a lawyer and so on and so forth. So what is he? He's a businessman that made a lot of money. You see, that's all he is, right? So the question is, how can a man like this subdue, overcome a woman who everybody wants to be a woman who is president of the United States? You know, so there's a whole dream about this. And the second thing, she's got 30 years experience. That's a lot of experience. Okay, she didn't do much. Fine. But she still has a lot of experience. Now she's world known. She's the most famous woman in the world. There's no question about that. Who doesn't? Who hasn't heard of Hillary Clinton, right? So in that sense, she, she has what's called um, what do they call that? Um, who? Name recognition. Name recognition. That's it. Yeah. She's got beyond belief name recognition. Also, you see. And not only that, she's she's the darling of the Democratic Party. Obama needs her to continue his legacy. I mean, like, and not only had all the polls show that she will win and slaughter the guy. You've never seen such an array. You know what it's almost like, Doima? It's almost Doima to the Mitzri and the Egyptians running after Klai Israel by Kriya Samsov. 
What was Kriya Samsuf? They were all a bunch of slaves, the Jews, just came out of Egypt, right? They have no military experience, no nothing. And they're surrounded by this incredible, invincible army called the Egyptian army on the Ramses, right? It was curtains for them, right? And the Venahapoichu, that's Mamish, the same idea. And all of a sudden, this guy, this guy wins. What does that mean? You should know one thing. This is called a political earthquake. That's really what, if you want to describe it, it's a political earthquake, okay? Not only that, it's an incredible political upheaval. It's a revolution, which I mentioned and so on and so forth, you know? It's, it is the greatest upset in American history. Not in the 20th century. Nothing ever happened like this in the United States. Because it's not just that one guy bested another person. That's not the vote. The vote was that this man has nothing on his resume to qualify for his job. Actually, there was only one person who almost, who, he, he actually beat that guy. Because Obama, when he first ran, he was a senator for, what, a couple of months? The guy had nothing to speak of, which I'll talk about, which is very interesting. What a parallel between Obama and him. But he had nothing to show, and he still won. Which, which is a beyond belief idea. It's called a, a, a political miracle, a nes niglo. That's really what it is. And not only that, not only it's him, but both the House and the Senate are Republican. The last time that happened, that there's a president, I mean, there's a whole government, right? The president is Republican, the House is Republican, the Senate is Republican, and guess what? The Supreme Court is going to be Republican because he's going to put Republicans in the Supreme Court. The last time that happened was 1928. Not bad. That's like, what, 88 years ago? That hasn't happened since then. So we're not looking at something that happens every couple of years and so on, you know? But um, um, it, it's astounding that this happened and so on, you know? So therefore, that's the concept of an ahapichu that the Bosham has such incredible control that he can take anybody. You want to be president of the United States? No problem. Just get the Bosham to put you on his agenda. Are you nobody? Nobody ever heard of you? It doesn't make a difference. It'll happen. You see, all you need, God has to be your campaign manager. Then you can win. It's irrelevant that you have nothing going for you. Very important concept. Anyway, so therefore, the second major idea is the concept of an ahapichu. First was Evan Moasu Aboinim, right? That uh, the man, the person is, is hated and so on. And, and, and the second concept is an ahapichu, that when it does happen, it's going to be so contrary, such a reversal, that everybody is, is still in shock. Everybody's still in shock in America. And they're all wondering, how could this happen, really? If you think about that, all the news, all the, the whole Democratic Party, and all the pundits, all these guys are saying, how did we miss it? How could the polls be so wrong? How did we miss it? And the truth is, they're foolish people. Why? Because they could have seen who would win, I'll be Teva, naturally. Forget about the, you know, the, you know, the, how would they know what God wants? Put that aside. But they should have realized that it could happen. You know why? I'll tell you why, which is interesting. The only one who ever pulled off such a incredible, I mean, actually one before that was Truman and Dewey, where everybody predicted uh, uh, Dewey's going to win. Even, uh, even the papers had the headlines, Dewey wins, right? And uh, when Truman won, which is one of the also incredible upset, 
you know. So they had, uh, he was showing the papers, Dewey, Truman was showing the Dewey wins, you know, he was laughing, you know, and so on and so forth. That was also an incredible upset, and, and so on. But anyway, but they really should have realized what could, what could have happened. Why? Because for some reason, politicians are so biased, they don't understand the American people. What does that mean, really? This really was a backlash. I'm, all I'm doing is politically analyzing it. I haven't even gotten to the Ruchnius yet. It's just, a, they, they, they don't understand. This was an incredible backlash against the political establishment. It's really what it was. Everybody, they just rejected Obama. They rejected political correctness, you see? And they really rejected the whole Washington. Why did they do that? The idea is, first of all, Washington, we don't even realize because we're too busy struggling to make a living, you know, just to get on with life and so on and so forth. It's got time to read the nonsense about what goes on in Washington. But that's why, you know, that's why they can do what they want because the flashlight is never turned on them. And the government is so incredibly complex. Who's going to, you know, who's going to uh, watch over these guys? But the, the truth is, is that Washington is a very corrupt place. Very. What does corruption mean? Because this is supposed to be a democracy, right? But it's a representational democracy, right? Why? A true democracy was in Athens, in Greece, where every person in Athens voted by themselves. You can't do that today. There's 310 million people, or 318 million people, whatever. So now we have representational. What we do is we can't vote. We could, I mean, I mean it's, we cannot be in government. In those days, the whole Athens can vote on every bill. So what we do is we send a guy, who you say, well, you represent us, you see? So the Shiloh is this, the question is this, who do they really represent? You know, I think it was Lyndon Johnson, but they asked him a question. As soon as you became president, right, the next day, you know, after he swore in and so on, so what's the first thing you began thinking about, you see? And you know what he answered? How do I keep my job? How do I preserve my power? Because it's incredible. The first thing they think about is, now what do I do to make sure I'm president after four years? You see, that's always the most important idea that they have. And that, therefore, gives them bias, self-interest. They want to preserve their job. Not only that, they want to make money, right? Not only make money, also they want to have fame, they want to have recognition, they want to have covered, they want to have all this stuff. Therefore, they become biased. So what happens as a result of that is the reason why they're voted in to be representational is what? Is what's called a public trust. Hey, you're not here to further your career. You're here to, to represent us, what we need, not what you need, you know? So everybody knows they're going to be corrupt. So at least, at least we're hoping that you'll help us and you'll help yourself. You know, forget about being tzaddikim. That never works. You know, where he only is worried about his people. That never works. But they hope at least, you know, Right? Half for you and half for us. That's what they say, right? But how many times do we see that politicians do what? That they will cater to special interests which are against their constituents or against the people of the United States. They do this all the time. I mean, it, it, it makes your blood boil when you read this kind of stuff, you know? You know, um, I, I once remember reading that there was this, I think it was a senator, whatever, he voted for a bill, he got his snuck into the bill, you know, where he built a bridge with like a hundred million dollars, you know, and there was only like, you know, like maybe 20 people using it per day. So what'd you do it for? It's a hundred million dollars, some phenomenal amount of money. What'd you do this for? Because he got something for his constituency. 
that's all he's interested in. I know, but he's using it. So it's a monumental waste of money. Who cares? It's not my money. It's your money. Too bad. You see? And this goes on day in and day out. That we, there are thousands of examples of this day in and day out. So they are incredibly corrupt, which means that their interests will corrupt the public trust. And this happens all the time. The second thing, which Obama's an expert, they're liars. They lie all the time. And you know, you know the most famous lie in history, if you want your doctor, you can keep your doctor. And if you want your hospital, you can keep your hospital. You know, and so forth. You know, it's, it's, I mean, everybody knows he lied. It's astounding how many lies this guy made. So that's the second thing people got sick and tired of, is the guy's lying, you see. And then besides that, betrayal. You know, they betray their constituents. They betray the people of the United States again and again. And then there's the incompetence. I mean, when we look at the incompetence of Obama it's hard, and Hillary, it's hard to believe. How could she or he be what they are? There's so much incompetence. He has done so much damage to the reputation of the United States and to the economy uh, that it's just beyond belief. So there's the incompetence itself, you see. And then... Besides that, so a guy can say, okay, you want to do all this, fine, you know, but don't forget about my needs. They forgot about America. That's what happens. And in the end, America remembered them. And essentially, what they did is it was a revolution that they did. They, re re they revolted. And the truth is, you should have seen this coming. Uh, why did Obama win in 2008? Do you know why? It wasn't Obama that won, because the man was filled with scandals. Remember the scandals, uh, Reverend Wright, you know, and how many, how, many, how many revolutionaries he was friends with, and, you know, communist uh, uh, Alinsky and all this kind of stuff. I mean, how the, and this guy had no experience, you know, and he, had, he was a security risk. There's nobody that would have hired him even to be a CEO of a corporation, let alone a United States president, you see. So the question is, why did he win? And the answer is, he didn't win because of him. He won because people hated Bush. People hated uh, Bush. George Bush and so on and so forth, and therefore they rejected the establishment, and therefore they rejected Hillary then. Remember Hillary ran against them, and she lost? Why? Because they got sick and tired of the establishment. So they, they put in a guy that was nobody, no experience, nothing. What does that remind you of? Does that sound like Trump? Same idea. So really, if they would have looked at the previous election, you understand? They would have realized, hey, how long can you do this to the American people? How long can you stick it to these guys? Doesn't make sense. They should have realized, and that's why Hillary lost the first time. Yet they did not learn from their lesson. Interesting. And therefore, they were completely rejected. They rejected the entire uh, government and so on and so forth. Which is interesting. So that is what's called Teva. I have analyzed this, you know, just mitzad teva, just mitzad in terms of what the natural order is, of why things happened, and so on. So we're looking at, you know, a man that was hated, a man that had no experience whatsoever, okay, and we understand why the Ameri American people, and that's really what this election is all about. They rejected the political establishment. Very important idea. But there's something else that happened. And this is, we now begin to understand the ruchnius of the entire matter. <clears throat> the
the immediate thing we see is this. <clears throat> By rejecting government, what were they really saying? Now, it's not everybody, but in tens of millions of people, by rejecting the government, all the, what's called the chicanery, the fraud, the sheker, the riches of this whole administration, what were they really saying? America, or a, a lot of Americans, at least half, did tshuva. What is tshuva really? What is repent? You know, the Rabbonism wants tshuva. Yes, he wants tshuva. Says in Yom Kippur, I don't want the death of the Russia, right? Do tshuva in return. And not only that, the Russia wants tshuva, he wants tshuva at any cost. Even Menashe, who destroyed Klai Yisrael with his Avidah in the end, you know, he even he was dying, and so on, and he turned to all the Avidah and finally turns to the God of Abraham, as they say, you know. And he says, listen, I never did a thing with you, you know, but if you are there, Save me. And the Mahalochim stopped the tefillah. I mean, Menashe, who destroyed Kleinsville with all the incredible amount of Avodah Okay? What happened? So what the Mahalochim did, the Mahalochim stopped the tefillah. So the Mahalochim opened up under his Kisiyat Kovay. He opened up a small window, right? And all of a sudden, you had a tremendous, uh, you had the tefillah was able to enter, and he saved Menashe. Why? So you shouldn't say that if somebody does tshuva, the Moshe will not let it through. Uh, imagine Menashe doing it. And what kind of tshuva was it? He had gone through all the Avoy de Zoras, You know, he finally wound up with the Rabbanu Shalom, you know. But after he came, there was something Menashe wanted tshuva. Moshe was macabre. Uh, Trump is an interesting person, which I'm going to get into very shortly, who I think he is and who Hillary is and all this kind of stuff. Uh, Trump is a gaiva, you know, he's ego-driven, no question about that. He's also about taiva, which the videos show. But that's, not that it's okay, but that's expected because he's Aesov. He's head of America, and America is, like I said, Aesov. But Trump fundamentally is an honest person. He doesn't have the mimor, the sheker of Aesov, you see. And that's why he says, I'm going to clean up Washington. And what's he going to clean up? He's going to clean up the sheker, the betrayal, the incompetence, all the, all the terrible things about Washington, D.C. He's going to clean up. <clears throat> and when 50 or 60 million or 7, what, 58 million or 60 million people voted for that man, it's true that a lot of their vote was for what? For, was economic prosperity. You know, he's going to bring, he's going to make America great again, which means you're going to have money, money jobs, and so on and so forth. But what we're also going to have is honesty, transparency. That's tshuva, uh, a swing tshuva. A significant amount, or the electoral college anyway, was doing tshuva. And the Rabbanishim was macabre that tshuva. I believe that's one of the reasons, not the only, why Esav, why Trump won. Because uh, we're looking here at a ruchnizdik tshuva. For the first time, the American people said, we're sick and tired of what's going on in the, in, in, in the Shek of Echazah, this unbelievable dishonesty, lies, uh, and so on. And it's not just Obama, it's Hillary. 
between the emails, which is unbelievable what this woman did, and so on. I mean, I even got through the whole thing, you know, which will not end, by the way. The, the, the emails and the Benghazi and, and what do you call it, and the foundation, and beyond belief what these people are, and so on. And America said finally, or a significant part of America said, we don't want this anymore. We want MS. Yeah, we also want economic security. We want this too. But that itself is a rejection of Sheker. And that's what they said. Very important concept. You know, we don't realize that. But the Masham does look at the Chufa of the nations of the world. And they want to do Chufa. That's one of the forces that got him in. You know, he was Makabal the Chufa. And since the Bonus, you know, like I say, you know, uh, it's always interesting. I, I think I said it right. America, <coughs> uh, America forgot one thing, right? Everybody thinks their vote counts, <clears throat> right? But there's only one vote that counts, and that's God's. His vote is the only one that counts, you know, and therefore he obviously could do what he wants. And he was a macabre de tshuva. It's a very important concept. <clears throat> okay. Now, so we've gone through a real analysis, you know. Maybe I can be a reporter or something like that. News, news analyst, anyway, that's just... Anyway, uh, but just to analyze what happened in so <coughs> that we're looking at an open miracle. It's the greatest upset in political history, how a man can come out of nowhere with nothing. At least Truman was the VP of, of, of Roosevelt, so at least he had experience and so on and so forth. This guy had nothing, and so on. <coughs> in any case, uh, it's just a, a beyond belief uh, uh, upheaval, upset in American history. What does all this mean? What I think it means, Ruchnis-wise. For that, we have to go back to the Ovis. Okay, there's Avram, there's Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and Esav, and so on. And I had mentioned previously, in the previous Shurim, and so on, uh, that most people are not aware that there are four Ovis. That's why there are four Imois. There are four patriarchs, and therefore there are four matriarchs, right? There's Avram and Sarah, right? Yitzhak, right? And Rivka. There's Yaakov and Rochel, and there's Esav and Leah. Correct. Esav is an of. That's really who he is. Most people have no idea about that, you see, which I will explain. I had spoken a little about this before and so on, you know, uh, because you have th three spheres, which we know they represent, three divine energies. Chesed is Avram Avinu. The sphero, or the force of Chesed, is exhibited or manifested by Avram Avinu. The sphero called Gvura, Okay, that energy force is manifested by Yitzchak, right? And then you have a middle one, a compromise sort of, which is called Tferis. Tferis is MS. That's what it's called. Why? Because the world can only survive with that truth. There has to be unlimited, uh, um, in English it's a fancy word called effulgence. There's unlimited uh, good that's given. Without, uh, without looking at all if you deserve it or not. Then there's Gvura, which means that you only get what you deserve. And Tferis is obviously some type of Mida. Uh, 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 Tferis is a Kabbalistic sphere of force, and that represents MS. Now, since Tferis is a middle between Chesed and Gvura, Tferis has two sides. It has a right side and a left side. So Yaakov Avinu represented the MS of, of the right side of Tferis. That's really who it was, you see. And his job, was to how f much will you pursue the MS? Because he has to deal with that. How much will you pursue? Some people are lazy. Okay, I'll get around to it, you know. 
how much will you pursue the uh, how much will you immerse and pursue truth therefore he was known as an uh, he would dwell in tents to learn Torah that was his avoida the pursuit of truth yeah no well th that's the old concha they ask forget about that I don't even get into the old story you know that's the old concha how can no no you're not asking something which is new this concha has been said for the last 2,000 years I don't want to deal with that Hakad Yaakov, so forget about that, okay? I mean, anyway, just just take a look at the Mephoshim. They all talk about this. But anyway, um, Esau also had to deal with MS. Okay, but his job was different than Yaakov. He also had Tferis. He was the other side of Tferis, the left side. Therefore, Esau and Yaakov were both of us, and they both represented a sphere called Tferis, which is MS. Except the pursuit of Yaakov was the pursuit of truth. The pursuit that Esau had is not to be disrupted or corrupted by Sheker, which is not to disrupt or corrupt truth. That was his job. Okay, and the, therefore he was connected to the Sutton, because his job was to destroy the Sutton. Esau himself was a tremendous, what's called a Shurish Neshama, who was an incredible Neshama, an Av, a patriarch, <coughs> <coughs> and his job was to destroy the sudden, because an off can destroy the sudden. His neshama is so great, his soul is so great, that he can destroy the sudden. Okay? And therefore, he was connected to the sudden in order to destroy him. Rabbi Moshe Chaim says this, Ramchal, and so on. Okay. And therefore, in order to uh, help and corrupt emes, which is truth, okay, he also had a mix of gaiva and kaiva. And that will corrupt truth because you're so interested in Gaiva and Taiva, you don't want to see the truth. You want to deny and so on. Okay. So therefore, the, the real concept of Esau is truth. To, will he corrupt the MS or not? And then you throw that in the mix of, of Gaiva and Taiva. Arrogance <coughs> and pleasure. <coughs> the way you see this, where you see this classic Muhammad, is when they were both embryos by Rivka. It says that when she went by some base medrash or something like that, Yaakov tried to break out. And when she went by some Avodah Zara, some idol worship place, right, Esav tried to break out. Wait a minute. Uh, what does that mean? Because that Chazal tell you what the real problem of Esav was. Because when we went, he went through the, the near a, a, a base medrash or whatever, so Yaakov tried to burst, burst out because that's the MS, that's the truth. What's your drive to the truth? But when you went to an Zara, right, that's Sheker, because that's false, and then Esav. So the real test of Esav was the Sheker, mixed in with Taivan Gaiva. And that's why when he went by an Zara, that's what drove him. He had that what's called tendency or proclivity to go towards Sheker, because his test was not to corrupt the Sheker. In any case, uh, so that, in the end, is what, what they're both doing. And therefore, the Medrash says, to, to, the Medrash says that had Esau done his job, and that's why he was an Ish Sadeh, a man of the field, to go into the world and to try to, def de de uh, to um, defy or um, uh, destroy the Sultan. In any case, the Medrash says, it's a Medrash, that had Esau done his job, then he would have had six Shvatim, and Yaakov would have had six Shvatim. It's incredible. That means they were equal, almost, in terms of the Avodah. They were both supposed to be Klai Yisrael, 
each one having only six shvatim, not Yaakov having twelve, but Esav having six. It's an astounding medrash, but this shows you. And not only that, there's a commentary called the Paneach Raza, who's a Rishon. He says something very interesting. Which job was harder? The job to pursue truth, totally, or to make sure not to get corrupted? Truth should we get corrupted? So the Paneach Raza says, Esav's job was much harder, because the gematria of Esav is two times Yaakov with the Vav. Two twice. So he says that Esav was twice as great as Yaakov Avinu. Believe this? It's astounding. It's Paneach Raza, it's a Rishon. Uh, that's how great Esav was. Uh, because to fight evil is much more difficult than just to pursue truth. Uh, whatever. And so on. The problem was, of course, is that Esav fell. He fell. The Taiva and the Gaiva became too much, and therefore he had to corrupt the truth, because that's the only way you can get what you want. You have to fool yourself. It's called self-deception. So he, Mirma was the, and that became the Mirma, the Sheker, the, the falsehood, the deceit. He developed that as a major Mida. Okay, now, therefore, what's interesting is you have Esau, what's called before and after. There's Esau before the fall, right? And there's Esau after the fall. Esau before the fall was a tzaddik. In fact, Rashi says, they were twins. You could not see the difference between Esau and Yaakov until they were, what, 13 years old. At some point in time, Esau made a decision, right? I'm dumping the whole Ruchnius. I'm going after Oilam Hazer, this world, at some point. But what happened before? There was a point when he didn't make that decision. So therefore, what's interesting is Nitzoitz, a spark from the soul of Esau, before he became a Russia, when he had this incredible Tahara, you know, uh, uh, purity and so on and so forth, okay, that is pure. That goes into Antoninus. If you see what Antoninus, Rashi uses them as the example where it says, Shnei goyim bivitneach. There are two nations within you. Rivka goes for the, what's happening, so she goes for Shem Ve'eva, for the prophecy, and he says there are two nations within you. So Rashi says, who are these? It's Antoninus, which is Rome, and Rebbe, Rabbeinu HaKodesh, right? What's that mean? That means, that's the Toiv Shebe'esov. The Toiv Shebe'esov is the Nietzsche's, is a spark from the soul of Esau, right, before the decision is made. And that goes into Antoninus. And guess what? From Antoninus, it goes into, as far as I'm concerned, Trump. The gematria of Trump I mentioned before is Mashiach bin Dovid. Why? Is that an accident? Not that he's Mashiach bin Dovid. Of course, of course he can't be, right? Uh, but he is, as I have spoken, he is involved in the messianic process. His job is to matar es Edoim, to purify Edoim, the Toiv Shebe Edoim, which is America. That's why he won. Uh, so really, if you think about that, he's Esav or Edoim, so it's no Chiddush that he has Gaiv and Taiva, that he has arrogance and he has pleasure. No Chiddush, that's what he is. But he doesn't have Milmar. He doesn't have the Sheker, and that's fundamentally Esav before he fell. Esav after he fell, if you think about that, where he's already a Russia, okay, I believe that Nietzsche's, okay, that spark, as far as I'm concerned, went into both Bill and Hillary. They have the Sheker, because Bill was President of the United States, they have the Sheker of Esau, which I will elaborate on 
little further down the line. Uh, and therefore, <clears throat> if you really think about that, there's an incredible contrast. Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton is classic Aesov. They have the arrogance, the sheker, the, the falsehood and the deceit. I mean, they have this in spades, as they say. And they have the taiva. We all know what Bill Clinton is in terms of his taiva, right? And Hillary completely supported him. Uh, so they are the classic, what's called in Kabbalah, the clip of Esau. But that can only come from Esau before, or I should say after the fall. Whereas Esau before the fall, he had the guy from the taiva. We see that, the, the, the tendency, but didn't have the sheker. Uh, you see, and that type of Nietzsche, I believe, also goes into a, uh, what do you call it, uh, American... Trump. And therefore what the Moshim did is astounding. He was Matar Edoim. And I brought rise for that, the Midrashim. Uh, you see many Midrashim that say Esau will remove the Tumor and he will become Tor. I brought, you have to go for the previous lectures and so on. You can't go back and so on. Anyway, uh, so therefore the Tower of Edoim of Esau comes about through Trump who doesn't have the Sheker. I'm not saying he didn't lie. I mean, everybody lies once in their life, you know. Maybe mother said, hey, you're eating cookies. Well, why are you doing it? The guy said, I know, I never eat any cookies. You know, everybody lies about something, uh, you know, except uh, tzaddikim nefloim and so on, you know. But I'm talking about, in general, he doesn't have that character trait to be a pathological liar. She is, you know. <clears throat> she lies all the time. It's astounding. You know, and Obama, they say, is the same, same business, and so on, you know. <clears throat> Therefore, as far as I'm concerned, that's basically what happened. So what the Bonsham did is astounding. He was Mavara Esau, Birur. He separated, okay, the, the, the aspect of Esau, which is Tohor, in a certain sense, right, from that which is Tomei, the Rishas. And they're represented by different people, and so on. <clears throat> so what you're looking here in this election, I believe, is a birur, is a filtering of two aspects of Esau. One has been rejected completely, which we're, I'm going to talk about, okay, and the other has been accepted, and he now rules over America. It's astounding to watch, uh, but I believe that's really uh, what happened, and, and, and so on. <clears throat> it's interesting. You know, I, if, if you think about it, <clears throat> well, I believe also that's why uh, Donald Trump is Gematria Mashiach Ben David, for the simple reason that, not that he is, but that he aids in the Messianic process, because I had mentioned in many previous shurim that uh, the beginning of the Messianic process is the Tahar of Edoim, is that Edoim, America, Toiv Shabbat has to be purified, and that begins the Messianic process before the Mashiach comes. That's all... Yes, yeah, well, yeah, and, and Hillary, not Hillary's Gamatri Amolekiyo, which is a Rasha base of, that ultimately completely came out in Amolek, you see. Anyway, uh, there's an interesting concept here. It's not definitive, but it's interesting. Trump's here. Do you ever see what color it is? What is it? It's red. Who had red here? Asaf. Interesting. You know, I mean, even if you look at the pictures of Trump, he has a complexion of, it's red, it's reddish, whether that be a suntan or whatever, you know, and I, I don't know if that hair is his wig or not, I have no idea. It's real, it's real. It's real? It's real. It is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, wow, it's not bad. <laughs> He's got a nice head of hair. <laughs> it's red hair. Who had red hair? Esau. 
Not interesting. Was this an accident? There's no coincidence. Exactly. <laughs> but it's interesting. So he is reddish in complexion, and he's got red hair. And it's Mamash that we all know Asa was Edoim, right? Edoim is red. Uh, that's why he's called Edom, because Madim is Mars, which is the red planet, and so on and so forth. Whatever. Anyway, uh, so I, I find that to be very interesting, and so on, you know. But the main idea is that, therefore, Trump is victorious because the Bonshim wants to now change America, as I had mentioned from the Midrashim, and also, and, and, and Hillary, of course, is destroyed and vanquished, you know. So. Uh, the, these, uh, I believe, are important. What have we seen, really? <clears throat> what we're looking at is a rebirth of Edoim, of Esau. Esau from after he's a Russia to Esau before he fell. It's really a rebirth of Edoim. That's what we're looking at. Because Trump is going to do to America what is unheard of. Uh, I believe in the first hundred days, he's going to change the landscape of America which is, uh, and that he promises to do that. And I believe that's what he will do because he will, li he, he will do what he says. He's an Ish MS. And Trump himself is not part of the political establishment. And I mentioned previously, what's the main characteristics of Trump? Two, the main characteristics of Trump is his honesty and his ability to defy everybody. Because he's not, the motion made him a billionaire, so he's not tied to anybody <clears throat> at all. He's not owned by anybody. He's not even owned by the Republican Party because they all many of them defied him and so on. Uh, so his ability to defy is his, I believe, and his honesty are his critical characteristics, and that is why he was chosen. I went a lot into that in previous shows, but in any case, that's um, what is going. And therefore, I mentioned last a couple of shows back that in the Torah it says, Verav Ya'avoyit So'ir, and the older will serve the younger. But the Medrash says that you can read Ya'avoyit two ways, because there's no oasis, there's no letters, there's no punctuation in the Torah. Who knows, there's no vowelization. It says, Verav, and the older, Ya'avid, same word, will persecute or enslave the younger. So what happened now is that, so the Ya'avoyit is Asa before the fall. The Ya'aved, which the Medrash says you can read also, is after the fall, you see. Uh, so what Esav in many ways has been reborn. He will now go from what's called the Klippo, or the tremendous, the, uh, the uh, Ummah, the nation, that has persecuted the Jews, okay, in terms of, I mentioned there are three aspects of Esav. There's Europe, there's Russia, and there is America. And this Christianity, because that's really what Esav is. They now go from Ya'avid, from persecuting the Jews, which is part of Ya'avoida, I mentioned, to Ya'avoid. They will now serve. And, uh, and Trump will be tremendously good for, for Israel. I mean, uh, when, uh, I, what's his name, uh, Tanyo gave a speech, he looked like he was glowing. Because everybody knows, I mean, he's going to be incredible for the Jews. You know, we, we know that. First of all, he's... <clears throat> He's a, he's a real estate developer. We know most, how many real estate developers in New York are Jewish. He has tremendous contact with Jews. Tremendous. His chief counsel, uh, guy Jason Green, Greenblatt, uh, right, uh, is a uh, Orthodox Jew. His daughter is Jewish. His daughter is Orthodox. His Jewish is Jewish. And uh, Ivanka. And his son-in-law, uh, Kushner, Jared Kushner, 
So so they 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 consider themselves Orthodox Jews. His daughter was Jewish as well. His, do, his daughter in yeah, and then or the rest of his family are either married to Jews or dating Jews. It's like you know he's gonna have to he's gonna have to come to his kids' bar mitzvahs. You know, I mean, uh, even though he's really a Christian and so on and so forth, but he is so interlocked with Jewish people, and he, and he really, <clears throat> and he likes, he has a tremendous soft spot in Israel. So I, I suspect that what's going to happen, he's going to move the capital from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and so on. He's going to do, it's, it's a tremendous win for the Jews against the Arabs. He's going to really stand up against the Arabs because what he says now is just to get them to the table. Yeah, we'll be fair. What he really wants to do is make sure to get to the table, but then he's going to see that the Arabs cannot recognize Israel. It's impossible. And I explain why. One, because theologically it is forbidden to recognize Israel because according to the Koran, any of the lands that they conquered, they must retake. They cannot give to anybody else, and therefore they can never recognize Israel as a legitimate state. That's the first thing, theologically impossible. Second thing is that whoever does make peace with Israel and recognize Israel will be assassinated the next day, either by Hamas or by ISIS or Al-Qaeda or Hezbollah or any of these organizations, organizations, any of these terror organizations and so on. Uh, that's the second reason. And the third reason is because if any of the Arab states ever recognize Israel, it'll become enshrined in international law in the UN. And then if the Arabs attack Israel, then Israel by law can destroy the Arabs. They can't do that because once they admit, then it becomes international law. They become recognized as a sovereign state, even by the Arabs. So they certainly cannot, uh, they can't do that because then they, their whole objective is to destroy Israel. So that can never happen. And Trump will realize that and he will go, of course, against them and to get rid of the whole business of two states, no more land for peace, and now it's just Israel and so on. And the Arabs will have to get in line, uh, you see. And to make sure, you have to realize what happened. The Rosham has cut the legs of the Arabs. You know how he's done that? It's incredible. Because the United States, what was, the, what was the strength of the Arab nations? Oil. Yeah, you know, oil, oil, that's their strength. But the United States, because of fracking, and shale oil, oil has now become the greatest, one of the greatest importers and expo uh, exporters of oil. They don't need the Arabs anymore. And with Trump, what's his main major policy? To bring back all the energy, right? He's going to bring out all the energy. Uh, the U.S. will not need any Mideastern oil. So therefore their clout is gone. Not only them, but Israel has now become, will become, with the Leviathan oil uh, gas fields, uh, one of the greatest exporters of gas in the world. So therefore, the Arabs are incredibly diminishing. And another thing which many people are not aware of, I heard, is that the oil wells in Saudi Arabia are going to run dry in six years. As they say in Yiddish, Oiz Kaplitschmacher. That's it. <coughs> no more, no more, because they're nobody. I mean, and that's why Saudi Arabia is desperately trying to move away from oil as a major export into whatever they're doing, into other industries and so on, because they realize that the, the handwriting's on the wall. Six years, it's over. Uh, so what the Bushman has done is he's neutralized all the nations, uh, so therefore America doesn't even need them anymore, so they, they no longer will be biased to support the Arabs. The era of the Arabs basically is over because the whole Middle East is shattered.
and I'll talk a little more about that. But anyway, <clears throat> this is a, a very important concept. We are now witnessing the rebirth of Esav and Edom that goes from he will persecute the Jews to he will, which is really Christianity, he will now serve the Jews and so on. And obviously, not only that, but uh, Trump will protect Israel against from, from Iran. Iran, <coughs> which wants to destroy the Jews, Trump will now define, that's why you need his defiance, will be so great that he will defy the entire world, because we know that there's always a s two standards, right? The double, double standard, you know, whenever Israel fights the Arabs, it's always the Arabs that are right, right? And Israel, that's the, uh, <coughs> Israel, that's the guilty party. He will defend Israel against the entire UN, Europe, everybody. And that's why I feel that's why the Muslim wants him as a major person, because he has this uh, character trait of defiance. So that's another a very, very important idea. They never changed that clock. <coughs> <coughs> okay. I, I don't know too much about politics, but all I know is Obama has two daughters, right? Two daughters? Yeah. If he had sons, what would we call them? No, no, no. Brought, brought. No, no. <laughs> Comedy hour starts after I leave. <coughs> anyway. Um, so, therefore, that's another very important idea of why this is happening, because uh, he will protect Israel, while Iran and really a great deal of the Arab world will try to destroy Israel. Hezbollah and ISIS and... Uh, Hamas and all these guys and so on. But the real reason for all of this, I believe, is because Trump has to create a climate of peace and tranquility and uh, prosperity, and that will be the climate that the Mashiach will grow in, which is, I elaborated on that in the previous shurim, the whole concept of a climate for that Mashiach ben Yosef specifically needs to be able to grow in. And I'm not going to repeat that, but anyway. Uh, and therefore, there's a rebirth of Edom to allow all of this to occur. Which is also interesting, because the Barsham is after the Democratic Party. We don't realize that. The Democratic Party is no longer the Democratic Party, you know, for the common man. Forget about that. <clears throat> the Democratic Party has been invaded and overtaken by all the progressives, the left, and the liberals. What is the essential concept of this? The essential concept, which you have to realize what the Democratic Party really has become, it's called in Hebrew, Prikas Oil. Prikas Oil means to overthrow a yoke. Uh, the whole concept of liberalism is anything goes. Anything goes. You want to have gender mixing? No problem. It, 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 it's a complete overthrow of the values of Torah, the morality and the ethics of Torah is in, uh, is in family and so on is completely overthrown. It's called Prikas Oil. That's really what the Democratic Party is. <clears throat> that, is so in, that is so in contrast, in violation of the standards of the Torah itself. <coughs> so what the Bunchman has done is he's overthrown the Democratic Party. They're nobody. For the next four years and probably for the next eight years, because Trump will be, do such an incredible job to the United States that nobody will vote Democratic for eight years at least and then for far after because the Bonsham is going to get rid of that precursor oil of 
the Democratic Party, because they are the party which is connected Yadus. It's interesting you're saying that 75% of American Jews voted for Clinton. Not no, uh, no, 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 the, no, no, no. She she had a bare majority of the of the uh, of the um, popular vote. That's all. It's not seventy five percent. Maybe certain populations. No, no, no. Whatever it is, fifty one, fifty two percent. It doesn't make a difference. It's the electoral vote that counts, and they have put in the Republican Party, which will change the face of America. You know, it, it's very possible they've destroyed that entire party, edit and try to shake things up but it's very possible that they will have destroyed that party. In any case, <clears throat> and by the way, that's why Jews always prefer the Democratic Party. Why? Because Jews are always afraid of anti-Semitism. So therefore, a party which is liberal and progressive and left, they, they feel the safest in that party because what do you have to worry about? They'll accept us because they accept everybody. That's why Jews always prefer the Democratic Party, traditionally, because that's the safest party to make sure that anti-Semitism doesn't happen again. It's interesting, you see. But we see clear that what the Bansham has done is destroyed that party. Anyway, so far this is what's happened. But I want to hear some other ideas. <clears throat> Obama. I, who is this man? Interesting history. First of all, he got in. It was, again, a nest niggler. Here's a man, okay, he was scandal-ridden. Scandal. He, he hung around. With, he went 20 years to, to uh, this guy, Reverend Wright, who, who condemned the United States terribly, the Jews in the United States, and he's going to his church for 20 years which is ridiculous, and so on, okay? Not only that, he has no experience. <clears throat> he has absolutely no experience to be a president. He hardly had experience in Senate. He was there for what, six, eight months, with nothing to show? How does a guy like that become president? You have to look at the fact that it's a Nets Nigla. People don't look at that. It's not normal for him to become president after the scandals, no experience, okay? And with this guy, Reverend Wright, okay? Um, <clears throat> Not only that, there's certain other things that happened with this man, which is very interesting, you know. When he was voted in, everybody felt like this is a messianic. This, it wasn't an inauguration, it was a coronation. You even notice in 2008, everybody, like the whole America, like, wow. They, they just couldn't get over Obama, and they felt like, it's almost like he was the Messiah. If you remember in 2008, I know it's quite a while Yeah. It was the Messiah. Black the Messiah. Yeah. Uh, but not only that, I remember there were reporters that said that when they were in, by the inauguration, there were chills running down their spine. Said, what is this? But who is he? And of course now it's revealed that he was a zero. He was the exact opposite of everything he said he would do in 2008. No transparency, a liar, right I'm saying? Completely incompetent destroyed the stature of America in foreign aid. It's beyond belief. You know, 94 million people are out of jobs. It's just incredible what this guy did. The exact opposite of what he painted himself to be. The question is why? You see, what, what does that mean? And then, of course, he was voted in. Whatever the Bonsham does always has tremendous premiums. And I'll tell you what I think. What is really going on, which is interesting. We see what's going on with Trump. 
that the whole Trump election is nisim vineflois. It's miraculous. And I told you why. Because he has to matara America. And the Bunshim separated the tumor of Esau into two parts. And one rejected the other. But when you think about it, in terms of Obama, here's what I think happened. <clears throat> the same medrash that says, it's a Yalkud Ruveni, the same medrash that says that Esav will have a Tahara. Okay? Medrash says that. That was one of the things I brought to show what Esav is going to have, right? <clears throat> and so on. <clears throat> that Esav will have a Tahara. Says that Yishmoel will have a Rafua. Same thing. The same medrash and so on. What does that mean? <clears throat> what it means is, <clears throat> is that what the Rabbanashim is doing, what God is doing is interesting. Before he's going to bring the end, he wants to give Esav a chance to do tshuva and Yishmuel to do tshuva. Both. That's what it means that Esav will have the Tara and Yishmuel HaRefua will have a cure means from the tumor, from the sheker that he has with and so on. So we already see how it happened with Esav. Where's the, where's the Refua for Yishmuel? <coughs> and the answer to that is Obama. What the Russian wanted from Obama is stunning. He took a guy that was nothing, nothing, and he put him in the presidency of the United States. Who's Obama? Obama's a Muslim. We know that. You know, he's not even a closet Muslim. You know, and I mentioned what his jobs were and so on, to bring the end of time and, and so on. Iran and a lot of different other ideas and so on, and to, to uh, empower the Arabs and to destroy America, and so on. What Obama was supposed to do, and it was a tremendous opportunity, uh, Obama had, not only had the White House, he had the Congress, he had the House, and he had the Senate. Wow, that's the incredible power. I mean, he could do whatever he wants. Uh, what the Russian did is he appointed him to Merape Yishmuel, because he, if he would support the Jews, against the Muslim, that would be a refu of Yishmuel, what he's been doing against the Jews for all the centuries. Same idea. Uh, that's what he wants from Obama. So he, he got Obama in, miraculously, which is astounding, with all the inexperience and the incompetence and the, and, and the, um, and the scandals and all that. And now Obama is President of the United States, and he's a Muslim, basically, okay? And he got, he's in the United States, and he's got both houses of Congress. It's astounding. Do whatever you want. And what he wanted Obama to do is, you, Merapi Yishmuel, I gave you the power. I put you in miraculously. You need to show the MS of who the Jews are and who the Arabs are, Yishmuel. Okay? And he had the power. What did he do? It's a fool. Instead of using the power to represent the truth, the man uh, totally went against Israel. He's, one of, he's probably one of the worst presidents in U U.S. history against the Jews. He went against them, empowered the Arabs again and again. I mean, just go through the last eight years, what he's been doing for Israel, and so on and so forth. You know, He empowered the Arabs against the Jews, right? Besides destroying America and everything else he's been doing, the incompetence and all that, uh, but he went against the Jews, which is terrible, in a way which no president has ever done. 
you see, I'll never forget which one of most, the most one most embarrassing moments is he had Netanyahu who was coming for a visit to Obama. He have you remember this? He, he had him go through the back door of the White House. I don't know if you remember that. What a busha! Here, America is one of the uh, Israel is one of the greatest allies of, and he has him going through the back door. So you you have an idea what kind of embarrassment that is for a country that he can't even have a photo op, as they call it, with the president going through the front door. Give him give him a little covered. No, he hasn't gone to the back. I remember, I never forgot that. And I remember I said to myself, he's going to pay for Mavazer for doing that to God's chosen. That's what he's going to pay. You, know, you don't do that to the Jews. And he's an ally. How do you do this to the Jews? You know. <clears throat> and what is God doing to him? Destroying him. You have, you have to understand what the mushroom is. It's a mushroom, Mida connected Mida. This is no accident. Obama had the opportunity to be what I call the Mashiach of Yishmuel. Just like Trump is the Mashiach of Edom, <clears throat> not Israel, don't get me wrong. He's the Messiah of Edom, Esau, that's really who he is. And that's why the Gematria of Trump is Mashiach ben David, because that's really who he is, not of, of, of Eretz Yisrael. He is a Messiah figure, which is a major leader. That's all a Messiah is, an anointed one to carry out a tremendous job. Uh, he is a Mashiach to purify Edom. Obama, I believe, is a Mashiach of Yishmuel, which meant that he should have been Matar Yishmuel, because if a Muslim would now, what he call backtrack, and say, Jews, you're right, and he, would, he could have solved the whole Arab problem, basically, because he had the power to do that. And he didn't. So he's a fool. He gave up an unbelievable opportunity. That's why the gematria of Barack Obama is Mashiach. That's the gematria of Barack Obama. But the problem is that the gematria of Mashiach is also the gematria of Nochosh, the snake. Uh, so he had a choice. He could have done incredible schus for Yishmuel. And that was the Bosham's attempt to be, bring a refuah, as the Medrash says, to... Um, uh, to Yishmuel. Um, and America could do that because there's no country in the world that could do that, that has the power to change the ideas of Yishmuel. But had he stood up for that, for Jews, and not debased Jews, which he did with Nayom, then he would have been, his presidency would have been incredible. So what happened? That also tells us many ideas. That's why everybody felt he's a messiah. Why, why do they feel he's a messiah? I don't know if you remember what happened in 2008. People were talking about it like he was a Mashiach. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't an inauguration. It was a coronation, if you remember what happened in 2008. Like, I'm telling you, it was like incredible to believe the messiah has arrived. Uh, why was anybody feeling that? Because in a certain way, he was a Mashiach of Yishmuel. So automatically that Shefa is felt by everybody because he has a certain task to bring a refuah to Yishmael and so on. And that's why he's elected miraculously and that's why he has both houses and so on. But the man was a fool. He gave up the opportunity and instead of siding with the Jews, he seeks to destroy them again and again. And everybody's worried now after the election, is he going to now come out and support the UN Security Council? There's a whole fear, which I believe he won't do, for many reasons, that he, won't, he can't do it anymore. It's, he's over with, and, and I'll explain why. <clears throat> so the Mosham is destroying the Mida Kenegid Mida. 
Every president wants to do one thing. Besides preserve his power, everybody president wants to have a legacy. He wants to be remembered through history. Everybody president wants to do that. Uh, now, take a look at Obama. He ceases to be president on January 20th, so his ability as president is gone. Second thing, who would have carried on his presidency? Who was the continuity of Obama? Hillary. She's gone. Uh, so therefore, she cannot even carry on, you see? And his legacy, Trump is about to undo his whole legacy. His whole signature uh, legislation, which is Obamacare, he's just about to undo. He's going to undo a tremendous amount. So the guy's going to have no legacy. The guy's building a 700 or 800 million dollar building, uh, library, that's what they all do for the presidential papers, in Chicago. But guess what? It's going to have all his legislation, and it's, every legislation can be stamped, canceled. <laughs> canceled. So, so he's going to have a, he have to, he can't believe this, he, instead of his uh, library exhibiting what he's done, it's going to exhibit everything that he has done and been canceled. You have any idea what kind of bullshit that is for a president? Why do you think Obama is so good to Trump all of a sudden? Why? Because it's almost like he's deathly afraid that, that, uh, that uh, Trump is going to go like that. That's the end of his legacy. So he's trying to butter him up to be good. Please don't destroy me. Because Trump has the ability to undo everything he did, almost. You know, and to leave him with nothing. You talk about a meter connected meter where the Bunsham says, you want to debase my people? Okay, I will debase you. You want to destroy the continuity of my people? <clears throat> I will destroy your continuity. Hillary's out. You want a legacy? And you want to destroy my people's legacy? Kiss your legacy goodbye. Uh, you don't see that by a president. Most presidents have their presidential papers. And that's fine. <clears throat> but... His building is going to be empty. It's all canceled. <clears throat> you don't see that. It's a mamish, a meter connected meter. Uh, you have to see what that is. Why? Because that's what he did. Not only what he destroyed his opportunity <clears throat> to be Marape Yishmuel, based on that medrash, okay? But not only he destroyed that, but he actually went after the Jews to try to destroy them. And his oinish is that he will be destroyed. His presidency will be wiped out Mamish. Yeah, they may mourn for Hillary, but everybody's going to be glad that he's gone on January 20th. They're all glad, glad uh, you know, I, whatever. Anyway. Uh, but anyway, I, I, so I, I just, uh, people don't realize that basically this is, uh, so instead of it being a messianic figure, Mashiach, he's a nochosh. <coughs> he's the exact opposite, the gematria of nochosh. That's what he's become for Israel and so on. <coughs> So what we see is that there's a tremendous failure. And with that failure, because why did Russian want that now? Because the era of Yishmon is over. We don't realize that. The entire Middle East is failed states. They're all dying. Egypt, Libya, okay, uh, uh, Syria, Iraq, which will be taken over by Iran, uh, by Iran, so you know, <clears throat> um, uh, Lebanon. Even Jordan is about to fall. Each state in the Middle East is falling. It's amazing because Israel does not even have to fire a bullet. That's why they have to change the entire army routine. That they don't, they're not worried anymore about the armies of the Arab worlds because they're all falling apart. And even ISIS is dying because Yishmael is dying. 
So the Rebbeim wanted a refuah before he takes them out. And the real death of Yishmoel is that everybody is now oil independent and gas independent. They don't need these guys anymore, you see. So their whole influence is withering away. It's astounding to watch. So what the Rebbeim gave a chance for Yishmoel to have a refuah. And Obama was the selection. Interesting. Yeah, it's a different way of looking at Obama. You know, what a disaster. A guy should be given that kind of opportunity. And he had it at both houses. It was no big deal. But his megalomania, uh, you know, his megalomania killed him. His gaiva, because uh, uh, you can't believe this guy's megalomania. What do you think? He thinks he's God incarnate and whatever, or he's God's gift to the world. It's just unbelievable what, the, what this man represents and so on, you know. <clears throat> Any case, you know, uh, it, it, it's really an unmitigated disaster for this man. Uh, you know, and that's why he's, he's shaking. That's why he's so good to Trump, because essentially he's begging the guy, don't wipe me off the map. And that's exactly what Trump is going to do. Wipe him off the map. No more legacy. So it's much more than Hillary. <clears throat> this election was not only destruction of Hillary, it was a destruction of Obama. You see, Yishmuel and the Rasha Be'esav, they're both on the way out. Anyway. Oh, hold on. Trump messed up. He already messed up. Somebody has to warn that man. I will explain. But I want to tell you one thing before. Something unusual has happened today. Yeah, this Shabbos, Pasha's Lechka, right? Yod Aleph Cheshvan. You know what that is? Besides Rochelman is your sign, okay? Uh, this has been the third national, international observance of Shabbos. You know that? Today, if I'm correct. What does that mean? It says in Chazal that if Klai Yisrael observes two Shabbosim, miyad nigalu, they will be redeemed. Okay, now obviously all of Klai Yisrael is not going to do that. But the Moshem is a tremendous marachim. He's not going to wait for all the Jews. That'll never happen. But if a million Jews do that, then God counts that as incredible. I mean, today, what do we have? We have like a million Jews observing Shabbos. But it's interesting. It started in 2014. That was the first Shabbos, right? And then it started again in 2015. Klai has observed two Shabbos. A million people. You have any idea what schus that is? What shuva that is? Even if it's only a million Jews. Because that's basically all that there's left. And so on, you know. <clears throat> that has to be an unbelievable schus for Klai Yisrael. And therefore... It started 2014 before Trump began to run. And the next Shabbos, before Trump was nominated. And now we have the third Shabbos after he won. Does it play a part? Does the fact that Klai Israel has observed two Shabbosim, did that play a part in what happened with Trump? I believe it did. And it's the, probably the only time in history, uh, basically, that Klai Yisrael, that many people, for thousands of years, have observed Shabbos. And that has to be an unbelievable schus. It really does. You know, when you look at these 
the politicians, you know, Trump and Hillary and Obama and all these kind of guys, uh, they're not the only one to go this way. But the problem is nobody examines history. I shouldn't say nobody, but and therefore they don't see what what's happening to all the presidents. Let me show you what's going on, very, very brief, because it's much more extensive and so on and so forth, uh, that the Bunchum is not tolerating the nonsense of the American establishment. It doesn't tolerate that anymore. Let me show you. Let's take the case, okay? We could start with George Bush, the senior, okay? There was the Iraq, the... the um, Saddam Hussein, the Persian Gulf War, and so on, you know. <clears throat> and, and America, of course, was against that because they were firing missiles and all that and so on, okay. You know, what did Bush do? <clears throat> what he did is he sided, he took away, he sided with Jordan, even though Jordan sided, if I remember correctly, with Saddam Hussein, and he took away the $10 billion loan guarantees for Israel, which is a tremendous avla. I don't recall the exact reason, but it was a tremendous betrayal of an ally. So he was punished. He only won one election. Do you know that he had an 88% approval rating right after that war? And he couldn't even win the second time. You have an idea, Bush, what a busher that is for a president, to have an 88% approval rating and he couldn't even win a second term? Why? Because you can't do that to the Jewish people and get away with it. He's number one. <clears throat> number two, Clinton, Bill. This man was incredible. <clears throat> There's the Oslo Accords, which was forbidden to happen. Why? Because everybody knows, or they should know, that the Arabs cannot make peace. So what Israel did is unheard of. They legitimatized the claim of the Arabs that the Arabs have a chilek in Eretz Israel. And according to nature, natural reasoning, that is the end of Israel. Because once you admit, you know, it's like a guy goes to court, you know, and, uh, and the guy's a thief. So the judge says, did you steal from this man? Uh, so he says, well, I took jewelry out of this guy's house. So then the judge turns to the, uh, the claimant and says, did he steal from you? He says, uh, well, not totally, because uh, what he stole was really his. So the judge looked and said, what are you crazy? What are you doing here? If you admit that what he took is his, why are you in court? <clears throat> what the Jews did, they never did before. They always said, we have Israel. What do you have? Nothing. But the Oslo Accord, they admitted that the Arabs have a chilek, have a part of Israel, thereby, thereby justifying the complaint of the Arabs. And we know the world wants to destroy Israel. So what the world does is they use that now as a great way to destroy Israel by saying, you see, you yourself admit that the Arabs have a claim to Israel, so you've got to have a two-state solution. <clears throat> what Paris and what Rabin did is beyond belief. They gave legal justification for the Arabs to have a two-state solution, which never happened before. And therefore, thank God that the Bershom stopped Arafat from going through with the whole deal of recognizing Israel. So I believe because of that, because of the Oslo tragedy, which it really was, uh, the Bosham allowed Rabin to be assassinated. It's Chayav Misa, because how many Jews died? Remember in the 95, 96, Jews were dying left and right, and the Arabs were blowing them up, and, and Rabin was saying sacrifices for peace? 
right? I believe that's why God allowed Rabin to be assassinated. Because how many Jews died because of Rabin's Oslo Accord? What about Paris? We have no idea how much bad Paris did. He, was, he did a lot of good things. I'm not saying no. But Paris, his delusions cost a lot of Jews their life. His whole Oslo Accord and so on, and the second Oslo and so on, and his whole delusion of a Middle East citizen, how many Jews died because of Paris. But Paris was smart. Nothing ever happened to him. And he lived till 93 years old. Why? Because Paris did something unusual. Paris, even though what, a lot of stuff he was doing was really bad, and he was the lackey of the West, that's why they all came to his funeral, whatever. But what Paris did was interesting. He said that, I will never allow the guys learning yeshiva to be drafted. He fought for them. Yeah. So in, in that sense, he has a chilek in all the Torah of the guys learning in all the yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael. Because he was against drafting yeshiva guys. That schus saved him. It didn't save Rabin, but it saved him because of the tremendous Harbatzis Torah and Kiyom of Torah that he allowed, which was incredible. Everything has their cheshbon. So, wait, well, wait, 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 wait. Anyway, so you had the Oslo. Now, what about Clinton? How does a man like Clinton, the President of the United States, allow Jews to die when the agreement is, is that they're going to negotiate? Instead, he invited Arafat to the White House more than any other person, you know, in the, what I call the Lincoln bedroom, whatever, he's where he slept and so on, you know. But you would never have agreed to this. If you make an agreement with uh, somebody and you violate the agreement, then that's a breach of contract, then the whole agreement falls apart. So what he did, what Clinton did, is he ignored the breach of contract because the Arabs or Arafat agreed to what? To negotiate with Israel. Instead of negotiating, he killed Jews left and right. You know, all the people dying, all the bus bombings and all that. And Arafat was behind it all. So how could he never say to Arafat, what are you doing? Are you crazy? The whole agreement is off. He didn't do a thing. He never stood up for justice. So Devonshim says to Bill Clinton, you want to do this to my people? I will destroy your reputation. And he did. And we all know what happened to Bill. Right, Bill and that woman and all that stuff. And that destroyed Bill's reputation. Uh, and it, you should know, it's interesting, but he was about to have, I forgot what was about to take place, but in the very meeting that he was going to tell Netanyahu off, he was going to tell him off in that meeting, at that meeting, I remember the Hashgochum, they knocked on Bill Clinton's door, you know, while Netanyahu was waiting to see him, and he was going to tell him off and do some terrible thing against him, Israel and so on. And that door they said, uh, Mr. President, we have a situation which turned out to be the woman that he had, uh, he was with, and so on. In the very meeting that he was going to give off Klai Yisrael, you know, Prime Minister, in that meeting, the destruction began. <clears throat> and that was it. He was exposed, destroyed. The shekel of this man was destroyed. Why? <clears throat> because you can't do that to the Jewish people and get away with it. Not now. Yeah, years ago you could do that. Because when the Jews were high of Golas, that's one thing. <clears throat> but as we get closer to Mashiach, the Bosh will stand up for their honor. So, wipe those guys out. Next guy, Bush. <clears throat> George Bush. And Bush was very bad because he constantly told Israel, you need to restrain yourself. They were getting blown up all over the place. And Bush was saying, I'm sorry, you got to restrain yourself. 
What are you talking about? You would never restrain America if Canada was bombing New York. Uh, so where do you get the ha'oz or the chutzpah to do this? So the Bonshin said, you can't do this to my people. So what am I going to do to you? I will bankrupt America on your watch. And that was the derivatives in 2006, 2007, 2008. And if it wasn't for the Rachmonis that the Bonshin had on America, America was holding, you should know, two inches away from bankruptcy. The whole stock market crashed. Millions of, tens of millions of people lost because of the derivatives and so on. All on Bush's watch. So that's the first incredible busha that he had. And the other busha is now Jeb Bush. The whole family, right? He destroyed them. Trump wiped them out. But you understand, that was the busha of Bush. So and not only did he destroy the, the election of uh, the, uh, the, uh, the election of Jeb Bush was as part of the whole family, but it's worse than that because they didn't even vote for Trump. So they have no chalik, they have no part in the whole election of Trump. And they will suffer for that because Trump will not forget what they did. They never vote. In fact, uh, which, which, uh, George Bush II, you know, said Junior, he said, I'm not voting for him. I'll vote for everybody else below that. Excuse me, you're a Republican. So what the Bonsham denied them, not only denied Jeb Bush the presidency, really which he should have had, you know, because everybody's predicting Jeb Bush, well, he's got a hundred million dollars in his treasury and so on. Not only did he lose, which is an unbelievable busha of Jeb, but he had the whole family not vote for Trump, so they're not even part of his victory. This, these things are not accidents. These are nekama for what that Bush family did, you see. And then, as I say, we come to Obama. You want to mess around with my people? Uh, you know, I'll never forget, I once read, before Bill Clinton became president, okay, I, 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 I remember he went to see a, a priest, or was it a pastor, you know, that, that, that was part of his family, you know, so it was famous then, and the, this guy had cancer, something like that, he was dying, I don't recall exactly, you know, so Bush came to him before he died, this, this priest or pastor, so, you know, so, so the pastor said to Bush, whatever, his congregant, whatever it was, said, I want to tell you something, Whatever you do, don't mess around with the Jews. Chiddush. I mean, incredible thing for a pastor or a priest to recognize that. But he realized, you know, he understood what the Jews are. And he told Bill, don't, he used his language, which is very colorful, which I don't want to use, because Pep. But he said, don't mess around with the Jews, because God will come after you. He told that to Clinton before he became president, I think. I think before he became president. And, and, and like, so what'd you do? You messed around with the Jews. How do you do something like that? And boy, I mean, do you imagine to have Arafat in your, house, in your White House again and again, and the man's killing Jews? When you yourself, he's violating the contract. It, it, it's, it's like astounding. You're a lawyer. You know what the contract is. So guess what? He was not only had a mess with that woman, but he was convicted of perjury. Right? Which is illegal, and they took away his law license. Mida connect Mida. You don't want to practice law, which means you don't want to understand what breach of contract is. You will not be a lawyer. <laughs> you have to look at the Mida connect Mida. Go on, it's beyond belief. But in any case, so that Bush. There's more ideas about Bush, which I, I can't go into who he is, but Gilgal. A lot of stuff, you know, which is really fascinating, and so on. But uh, and also, there's more, more of why he did that. But I'm, I'm just showing you what the Bosham is doing to presidents when they mess around with the Jews, so to speak. So look at what we have. So you know, we have the Oslo. Rabin is dead. 
you know, Paris is, uh, he was saved because of that tremendous chus of Abotzer's Torah, you see. And then we have Clinton was destroyed, reputation-wise, but his end wasn't ready yet. You see, he still had uh, what's called an upcomments with this guy. Then, then Bush, of course, uh, Bush uh, uh, Jr., Bush Sr. is wiped out, couldn't even get past one term. Bush Jr., <clears throat> that he was schmetted with a man, and they all blame him, and they hated the man. The reason why... The reason why Hillary lost in 2008 wasn't because they didn't want her. They, well, they hated Bush and they didn't want the establishment. And she represented the establishment. And that's why Obama won. We now know why he won, because he was given the opportunity to, to save Yishmael and so on and so on. But anyway, so that's Bush. Obama is wiped out. He doesn't even have a legacy left. Or maybe he won't even have a leg to stand on, which is the legacy, you know. And then he goes after Hillary. What the Bunchum did to Hillary is beyond belief. You, you, you look at this woman, are you crazy? You're worth $300 million. What do you need this for? You have the most famous woman in the world. You have a covered malchus. I mean, it's a crime. She gets wined and dined. I mean, she gets five, what is it, $700,000 for her speeches. I mean, it's like, what a life. What a life. Uh, what do you need to run for president? And because she ran for president, everything is exposed. Everything. She destroyed herself because the Russian wanted to destroy her. Her and Bill. That was the final comeuppance that he forced her to go into. The, because it makes no sense. When he, and you're 78 year old, 68 years old. What do you need this for? You have any idea how much energy it requires to run around the world, United States? Uh, you live the rest of your life like a, a queen, which is really what she was. Except now she retires, she's finished. Right, and and I get, I want to tell you something. Trump is going to go after her. He has to. Why? Because she publicly mocked justice. You can't do that because what she did is she set a precedent to do what? She set a precedent that justice does not apply to the Clintons. You can't do that because America is a nation of laws. So he has to go after her. If not, then he's violating his public trust. Because you can't do that. So he's going to go after her, I hope. Mitzvah Hashem is right, right? And he's going to, they're going to convict, they're going to indict her, because we know what happened. I mean, it's like Giuliani himself said he's got, I think, 18, 18 felonies that she committed. He said he could wrap up the whole thing, I think, in two, three months. That's Giuliani. And he's going to be the Attorney General, right? And he's going to wrap this up. Uh, it's an open and shut case, what she did. Between, okay, Benghazi, but between the emails... It's astounding what she did, what WikiLeaks did, you know. I hold WikiLeaks has to get, Julian Assange has to get the Nobel Prize. <laughs> what he did was incredible, you know. Uh, and um, uh, so therefore what the Bosham is doing is destroying her and he'll, Trump has to go after her. He has to indict and convict, but he may pardon her. I don't know if she'll sit in jail. Why? Because, because, first of all, that would show too much vindictiveness by Trump. So I don't think he's going to want us in jail. That's number one. And the second reason is because, as I say in Yiddish, fought. After all, she did give 30 years of her life to public office. Wait, 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 wait. Excuse me. She did give 30 years. Now, I may be wrong. He may say no, I don't care. But it, it looks bad if one... 
nominee goes after the, the other nominee, even if she deserves to be in jail, which she does. Each, I think each email account or whatever uh, is a felony. I mean, she could be sitting for thousands of years and so on. So that, 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 that's up for speculation, what he's going to do. But he has to go after her because that's what she destroyed. That's what she did. She mocked justice publicly. What do we see from all this? We see that the Bansham does not forgive or forget. Yeah, it'll take years to come back, but he'll get you in the end. Don't do this to my people, Klai Yisrael. That's what the Bansham says. Every president who did this to Klai Yisrael suffers either loss of reputation, loss of political office, okay, uh, destruction of their assets, or whatever's got loss of their legacy. You notice, this isn't, you look at the pattern here. This isn't an accident. Every president has a durchval, has a mapola, because they all, in some way, try to harm Klai Very important idea. So my message to Trump, don't fool around, because you've been given an incredible opportunity to matar Esau or Edom, to help the Jewish people. But I want to tell you something which disturbed me greatly. Trump has already messed up. Already. You know why? I want to tell you something. And, and God, you have to, I hope the Russian forgives him. He already messed up. How? <clears throat> because he made a mockery of justice. There are people who could claim what she did. It's called the Hillary defense. You know, for Eber, am I on? Okay. Okay. Here's the mess up, and I hope he understands. Chizkiyahu. There was 183,000 from Sancherev that surrounded Jerusalem, right? And Chizkiyahu was mamish incredible. Hamelach, right? And he was supposed to be Mashiach, by the way. Because the Bonshim wanted to make the war of Sancherev against him, Goy Gemogoy. Chazal say this. <coughs> he would have been Mashiach. But, so the Bonshim took 183,000 people and he killed them in one night. There is no plague. Even Ebola can't do that. There's nothing in the world that can knock out 183,000 people overnight. It was a nest nigla. But Cheskio did not say Shira. How could you not say Shira? It's one of the, you know, the Kriya Samsef, beyond belief. Moshe Rabbeinu Klein said Shira. How could Chizkiyo not say Shira? And because he didn't say Shira, he was no longer Mashiach. Out, Ois Mashiach. Moshe took it away from him. You can't do that, you see. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, unfortunately, by the Sela, the rock, you know, what was the Bansham's time at them? You refused Lahagdisheni. You refused to sanctify me and publicize who I am in front of the nation, you, therefore, have failed in your leadership. That's really what the Mida Kenegin Mida is. Because your job is to sanctify my name. And that would have meant talking to the rock. Without getting into that, instead of hitting the rock, right? By the Memoriva. Therefore, since you failed in your leadership, which is to sanctify me, that's really what it's all about. Nothing to do with you. You will not lead them in Eretz Israel. That's the Mida Kenegin Mida. Anyway, so unfortunately, Moshe Rabbeinu, I mean, the greatest man the Yidu ever lived, that's it, the Torah, the Torah says this. Uh, Trump, it's beyond understanding. Here's the guy, I told you. Everybody hated him. 
I went through the list, right? Not only was the man had nothing to run on, no credentials, nothing, okay? How do you not say in your victory speech, right? He's thanking everybody, correct? He's thanking everybody. If you, you read the speech, or you heard the speech, yeah, uh, also in the shop, you can read it, you know? Right? He's thanking everybody. This guy, that guy, there's not one mention of God. Yet it's the greatest miracle, of, uh, it's the greatest upset in American history. <clears throat> Clearly it was God. There is no other explanation. How could you not give credit to the Banishlam, to God himself? That's a tremendous avla. You, we, we don't even understand what that avla is. It cost the Meshichus of Chizkiyo, and it cost the, 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 the leadership, the Manhikus of Moshe Rabbeinu. Because that's what their job is. How could you not say Shira? Okay, we don't, we don't, we don't care if Trump starts singing, or we don't have to expect him to sing. But how could you not say, at the outset, the first one I want to thank is God Almighty. Because this could not have occurred without the Rebbe Shalom. That would have been an unbelievable Kiddush Hashem that would have been broadcast to the entire United States and the entire world. You have any idea what opportunity that was? He didn't. He not publicly. No. When you come and give a victory speech, that's the time to say it publicly. Yeah, maybe said it to others in private conversation, whatever it is. But this, it, it's an opportunity to sanctify the name of God for a billion people. You, you have to know what that, what that means. He's wrong. He's a Christian and he believes in God. It's not true. And I think he did one, whatever. You, you don't understand privately. Yeah. And he's pointed up. Yeah, but that's private. And he was there. He was, he's a, you're a, a witness. Again, you guys don't. But it was a private conversation? It was, so, it was private, but it was on all TV channels. They all but I want to tell you something. He told it to you. You asked him what it was. I asked him to what you attribute. And I saw you. You asked him? Yeah, so he said, I said I would attribute to a lot of things. So I said, is there any one thing in particular? And he pointed up and he said the one above. Okay. But let me tell you something. There are opportunities and there are opportunities. Come on. A guy gives a vic. The whole world was, cl was tuned into that. Right? Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, I mean. But he's a guy. He's not a <coughs> Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, wait. Listen. All I'm saying is this. I know, I see that. Oh, fun. I hope you're right. Listen, no, obviously, you know, but I'm just saying, listen, listen. Uh, forget about the, what the, the Oynish is. But let's face it. The guy had the ability yeah. to bring a Kiddush Hashem, sanctify the name of God in front of how many billions of people? Because everybody in the planet was watching this election. Everybody. And if he would have said, I owe it all to God... But I also like to talk, uh, give it the credit to the other people who helped me. Will you have any idea what Kiddush Hashem that would have been? What a missed opportunity. He did a Kibbidah first. He thanked his father. Oh, because he's Esav. Because Esav, Esav's Kibbidah of Aim. All right? What? Yeah, I know. I heard that. Yeah. No, that's good. Oh, because that's Edom. That's Esav. Kibbidah of Aim, right? Honor your father and mother. But what an opportunity, you can think about that, to sanctify the name of God in front of billions of people. Come on! You have any time what that is? And he blew it. 
bad news. So what I suggest to Trump, I will tell him, he needs not just a cabinet, because he has a special job. His job is, in many ways, a Mashiach of Edoim. That's tremendous opportunities and responsibilities. He needs a spiritual advisor on his cabinet, whoever he wants. But he's, he's not a regular guy. It's a miracle what happened to him. The whole election is beyond belief. America is still staggered, you see? So all I'm saying is that he missed an incredible opportunity, just like Obama. Obama messed up bad because, you know, forget about sanctifying God's name. He just wanted to destroy the Jews and so on. So he's, he's what's called in American slang, he's toast. That's Obama, you know. But come on, how could you not thank God for the entire world? How many guys get that opportunity? Come on. It's unbelievable what that opportunity is. And we see what it did to Moshe Rabbeinu and what it did to Chizkiyot. Anyway, I certainly hope God forgives him, but it's, it's very important for him to understand that part of his job isn't just to make America great again, it's also to make God great again. You see, it's a job, he has to understand that. Anyway, I thought that, uh, was, I, I was very dismayed by that. Were you really surprised? That he didn't? Yes, I was shocked. Because he is a religious man. I mean, I don't know how really, but he does believe in God. He's a Christian. He does believe in God. How do you forget that? Okay, he's an honest... What? But, uh, no, no, but... He recognized that. I'm not saying no. But, come on. The opportunity. Shira. You know what Shira is? Shira is in front of the entire world. That's what Shira is. And he missed. Okay. I hope the Rosham overlooks it and gives him another opportunity and so on and so forth. But I was tremendously disappointed. In any case, uh, um, uh, I've gone through 13 different lectures on this and now I think total is 20 hours of this stuff. Uh, I'm tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> I am tired of being, you know, and, and so on. What? Last week you said, you said Trump. All these different weeks, you said Trump is going to oh, yeah. be the, the I said he, and, and everybody yeah. was against you because Hillary was I, the I, I beat the, I beat the, they said she was going to win. Oh, they said she was going to a landslide, yeah. yeah. And I've been saying, and but more than just saying for a year and a half, I've been saying this. But I've been explaining why these 13 lectures which I've given, which is now on the uh, YouTube and internet and so on and so forth, is a tremendous understanding of the messianic process, Trump and Hillary and Obama, and what's been going on in, in the last, I don't know, 20 years. The next year I'm going back to my humble, safer, whatever, Ramchal. You guys want to have it all back up, you need to go from the beginning, but you should, what you should do, there's a tremendous amount of hashkof on, on this 13th shurim about the messianic process itself. Uh, actually, I really should tell you what I think will happen, which I didn't even get into. <laughs> That's after the Mashiach. Now, you said, you said, what do we expect? You still want to explain. You said you have to explain what's going to happen. Very in brief. Yeah, brief. That's what we need. What we need, yeah. Um, the, so we now have the incredible process of the Tahar of Edwin and the, the failure of Obama with Yishmael and so on and so forth, you know. What's obviously Yishmael is on the way out. 
Edom is on the way in, and so on. Th there are certain other significant things that have to happen. One, I'm just going to list them, and so on. One is ultimately there'll be a war between Yishmol and Edom. This is in the Medrash, uh, and also in the Yalkut Shemoni, and so on and so forth. There will be a clash, it's a clash of civilizations, between Edom and, um, and, uh, and Yishmol. That's number one. Um, uh, and they're, they're both really going to be really rip, rip each other out, really out, out of that. It'll be tremendous, uh, uh, probably to a certain extent, damage and so on. Um, then um, the heir of Rav, the heir of Rav has to become, uh, be dismissed. The heir of Rav, I once explained who the heir of Rav and what they are. The heir of Rav is Jews that want to replace the Torah as the fundamental principle of Judaism and Jews with culture and we're like everybody else. Yeah, you know, Jews are Jews, are Jews because we have gefilte fish. You know, we have culture, we have our own cuisine, our own history, and so on and so forth. And they try to erase the Torah as the fundamental bond that bonds us to the Vanishnam, bonds us to God. That's what an Eir Rav is, and they have the, there's a whole history of the Eir Rav, which I have somewhere on my tapes. Anyway, uh, so that, that has to happen. The, 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 the uh, e uh, evisceration of the Eir Rav. And then they will be replaced, the Eir of Ra will be replaced by some, somebody who may or may not be the Mashiach, because the Mashiach is not a political figure. The Mashiach is somebody who removes the ignorance of the Jewish people. He's, the greatest disease the Jewish ha Jews have is ignorance. They don't understand that there's an entire spiritual dimension. <coughs> That's what they don't understand. And the Orishan. And I, I told you already, you know, that the Mashiach is a very dangerous person because it's not political freedom he will give. It is an incredible awe, incredible ruchnistic, spiritual light and knowledge. And if the Jews are not ready for that, they will die, just like happened in Mitzrayim. Therefore, the Bonshem has to prepare them for the revelation of this unbelievable awe, light. He has to prepare them for that. And therefore, as I mentioned before, the Mashiach is a person that will begin, will be released from his prison. I said that before, in previous uh, Shurim. He has to be released. He will grow, which I mentioned, Hine Yaskal Avdi, my servant grow wise, and so on. And simultaneous with his growth will be the growth of Jews. Something is going to happen to the Jewish people that's going to bring a tremendous rise in consciousness of the Rabbanu Shalom. And together they will rise. And that's the whole concept of Umol Hashem is Levavchem. And God will circumcise your heart. Means he will remove the Klippa, the Sutton, from the heart of Jews. And to a certain extent the heart of mankind. And there's going to be a tremendous desire or a desire uh, to understand spirituality. Uh, that's what's going to happen. And they're both going to grow simultaneous. So therefore they will not be overwhelmed by the awe of the Mashiach. So you have the dismissal or the evisceration of the heir of Rav. You have uh, the introduction of somebody different who will change Klai Yisrael. But at the same time, you'll also have the freed, the uh, liberation of the Mashiach ben Yosef, actually that's who it is. The growth of Klai Yisrael. You're going to have the war of Yishmol and Edom. Then you're going to have the Mashiach ben David. Then you're going to have, it depends if the, if the war of Yishmol and Edom is the war of Gog and Mogog, then Mashiach can come right after that. Then you have Tchesem and then you'll have the Messianic era, which is an era, and I told you, we cannot massacre that era. 
I told you, because the Medrash says that all the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu is Hevel, nothing compared to the Torah of the Mashiach. Could you imagine what type of knowledge will be uh, will exist at the time that the Mashiach will come? And uh, anyway, well, whatever. Anyway, and and, and therefore uh, that's going to come. But there's a lot of upheavals that are on the way, and that's why Trump has to be because he's the only one that can defy the tremendous amount of evil that is going to try to upset uh, the return to good. Because the Sutton, and by the way, I, you have to go back to the previous year. <clears throat> now that Yishmuel is dying, or rather. Uh, slowly ending their influence, which we see clearly what's happening. This, what's even more important to understand is that the whole reason why Obama, and uh, which I mentioned, the whole concept of Obama, the Sutton is dying, and until now he was at least getting some of the sparks of holiness, what's called the Nitzrite Kedusha from Yishmuel, which I mentioned the morale says and so on. Okay, but now that's going to be taken away because Yishmuel is dying, so the Sutton is now bereft of the ore, of the yanika, means the nourishment that he's getting from the Ishmael, because they can take down, according to the morale, their own nourishment from the Bonislam. So he doesn't have that anymore, because they're dying. So we are looking at the sudden dying, and we don't even know what this guy's capable of, because he's going to have incredible kitrugam to try to stop Trump, and to try to again elevate Ishmael, or if not Ishmael, he's going to try to get every which way he can to reverse the process. But we know he will fail, and then the Mashiach will come, and, and obviously that will be the death of the Sutton and so on. But we are looking at the era when the Sutton is dying for the first time, not the first time, yeah, well, he almost died by, by, uh, by, uh, the whole crime now. by, by, and so on, and so on, you know. But, uh, so therefore, do not expect uh, an easy time, even with Trump, it doesn't make a difference. But the reason why Trump is selected besides who he is and so on, is because he will defy. He has the chutzpah, the ha'oza, the gaiva, which is great. He has the power to defy everybody, and that's why God made him a billionaire. He's not sold to anybody. He doesn't need anybody. And he's a man of total truth. In fact, his ability to say the truth was so outlandish, it, it, that's what got him in so much problems. Because <laughs> he'd say anything. You know, he couldn't care less and so on. But that's a tremendous virtue that he's a man of truth, and he will defend the Jewish people. Edom will finally defend the Jewish people. He will go from Yaved to Yavoid. The original ta task of Esau is to help the Jews do the Tikkun. So therefore, Edom will be part of the Tikkun process, and that's why the Chazal say that he's in Gan Eden. He'll be in Gan Eden. But I, you know, I always use this as an example. Uh, we are like what? A woman is about to give birth, right? She's in the ninth month. And the body turns the baby around, you know, with its head down. And all of a sudden, the kid was having a great time. Wow. You know, it's like the Hilton, you know, food, you name, warm, warm, nice and cozy and all that, right? And now the head is turned down, and all of a sudden, the uterus is pushing that kid out. And all of a sudden, the kid says, I don't believe what's happening. I'm dying. Its head is getting crushed. Right? Its head is getting crushed as it's pushed and so on. And the kid thinks it's dying. Right? And all of a sudden, it pops out into a world and looks around. It's a completely different universe than what it knew in the uterus or in the womb. You see, we are now being pushed into the canal. 
and therefore we're going to get crushed. And that's what you're seeing all around, all the Ishmael and the Amalek. It's crushing the Jews because they want to start trying to stop the Jews and so on. But in the end, we are in the, we are in the canal. That's where we're located, right? And then there's going to be a birth, and all of a sudden, shh, that's the Mashiach. So we're not going to have any, it's not going to be an easy time. And that's why there's so many bad things happen to the Jews. There's sicknesses and bankruptcies, all kinds of stuff, because God has to balance the books before the Mashiach comes. And therefore, and, and, shh, and therefore this, and, and therefore that's why there's a lot of sorrows and so on and so forth. Uh, he's he's got to balance the books. He's got to take away the chiyu of everybody, because when the Mashiach come, it's going to be a. We cannot even. You know, it, it, you, we can It's like a guy who lives in 1800 BCE, in in New Guinea, right? And you move him 1800 BCE. How primitive can you get? I don't think you can count past three. You know, and you move him into 2016, right? Smack in the middle of Fifth Avenue, you have a heart attack. The difference between the Messianic era and the era now and now is, wow, we got 2016, I mean, the, 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 the technological revolution is beyond belief, is, is almost infinitely apart what's going to be, because we don't even understand what Mollard's day are, that the world will be filled, filled with the knowledge of God. We don't even, to, to us, that's just a saying. We have no idea what it means to be filled with the knowledge of God, and that's going to happen shortly, you know, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's going to happen in our time. Everybody should say, Amen. Amen. Right? And uh, so it's going to be rough, but we are now headed for the end, you know, because I remember I told you, it's, it's already 5,777, correct? Which is after Sheish Vachetzi. Remember I told you the creation clock? It's 12 o'clock, 12.38. It's already past... It's past six and a half hours, which means you can bring the carbon tomit, and you can have mincha, gedoyla, and so on and so forth. We're already, we're, and, and what does it say in the Navi? Li'es Erev Or. And Erev begins, Bein Arbayim begins at 12.30. You see, and we're past 12.30. And that's why we, that's why you see the incredible acceleration. I mean, what takes place in one year would take a hundred years before because we're far away. But now, there's such an incredible acceleration. Every day, something new happens, uh, and, and so on. In the entire world, uh, complete upheavals happen, because the Barsham is now accelerating the process to bring the Mashiach as quick as he can. And that's where we, what, what we're really into. And um, uh, it's just amazing to watch that most of the world is oblivious to this. They have no idea what's happening. Uh, and like I pointed out, everything has a reason. Everything. The, the, the uh, diminution and the destruction of presidents, of the presidents of the United States. All of them. Everyone has, a, has had a major, what's called a duchval, a mapola. Every one of them. Because they've all started up with the Jewish people. And in the end of time, God will not tolerate that. Uh, and, and so, and that's why every one of them, and you know, I'm, I'm, I mentioned some of the, some of the others, uh, Ariel Sharon and these guys and so on and so forth, what they did was just impossible <coughs> to believe and so on. But uh, we are now 5,777. It said last time, if you add up 5,777, it equals 26, and which is interesting. And uh, we are now uh, past, that's the key, is we are now past Ace Erev. 12.38, which is uh, incredible and so on. 
And that's it. We're about to see tremendous changes. I mean, this change is beyond belief. Nobody in his wildest dreams would have predicted this, except me. But anyway, um, and, and it's, it's shocking. I mean, we're not talking about a little bomb. This is equivalent to a hydrogen bomb that went off in New York City, what just happened in the elections and so on. That's the proof. Does the rabbi think that the American homeland will be affected by the war? No. America? Probably little spots. I mean, ISIS is dying. That's why it's dying, by the way, because Yishmael is dying. But there's always hangers-on. Well, there will be. There will be a war. There, there will be, Chazal do uh, say, there will be a clash of civilizations, yeah. It's a Pirkei Dwebeliezer. It's also Yalkut. And it's also a Malbim. Uh, Malbim says this in Yoel. If you take a look at Yoel, what is it? Uh, Perik uh, Dalit? Or hey, the end of Yoel, the last couple of Sukkim talk about the clash between Egypt and Edom. And Malbim says that is the clash, the ultimate clash of civilizations. Civilizations between Yishmuel and and uh, and Edom. But this is going to take in the Middle East. This is going to happen. What was that? It's going to happen in the Middle East. Or it's going to happen all over the world. Uh, no, it's going to happen all over the world because it says that they're going to try to mach of the world. I mean, these guys are they, you know uh, they're going to try to destroy the and everything and so on. But that's the ultimate clash. I mean, it's the ultimate. Listen, you have to understand one thing. You know, in Mitzrayim, two things happened. The Mitzrayim tried to destroy the Jews make them slaves and then to try to destroy and then they were vanquished by the Makas, right? So that was over. But then there was a, an attempt resurgence of the Egyptians by Kriya Samsov. They try to again destroy the Jews. That means there'll be two attempts to destroy the Jews and so on. And that's the Indian of Goygamogoy. Goygamogoy is when the world realizes that their way of life is ending and what they're trying to going to do now is to resurge again to try to recoup the loss. That's really what Kriya Samsov is. It's a second attempt of Mitzrayim, but in this case of the world, Goygamogoy, to capture the Jews because they realize that their way of life is, is over. Well, yeah, ultimately that, that will happen, yeah. It's in the initially, it's Goygamogoy, it's uh, Yishmol and, and Edom, and then there will be Goygamogoy. The real question is if Goygamogoy really happened already because that could be Iran, it's, that itself could be the war of Goygamogoy. Because we see by Chizkiyohu, you see that he wanted to make Sancherev. I had a whole share on that. He wanted to make Sancherev uh, Goigemogoig against Chizkiyohu. So that, uh, what do you mean? How could you do that? Because the concept of Goigemogoig is when the entire Jewish people faces a threat of destruction <coughs> against the world which tries to reestablish their way of life. And that could be different kinds of, uh, of nations and so on. Um, actually, it already happened. I don't know. I, I, did I say this? Goygamogig already happened three times. Goygamogig is split into three times, three ways. The first one was World War II. The Chavetz Chaim says this, by the way. The first chilek, the first phase of Goygamogig was World War I. The second was World War II. And we're about to face the third one. But I believe that the Ritzicha, the, 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 the tremendous destruction of the Jews, was already absorbed in the second phase with Hitler and And the third phase will not have that destruction. It'll just be a, a tremendous threat and a clash because it was the, the destruction of the Jews already happened in World War II. World War II was Goygamogig, by the way. You know, and, and the same thing with World War I. Uh, and uh, and the, um, uh, the last one will be this uh, between Yishmol and, uh, 
and and they're doing. Uh, so therefore, the, there won't be a goy gemog. It already happened. That'll be the last, and then you'll have uh, you know the, the Mashiach's entry. And uh, once that happens, you know, if you if you think listen, if you think that this election between Trump and Hillary with all this kind of stuff is shocking, you don't even know what a shock is with the real entrance of the Mashiach. You don't even know what the shock is. And I told you, because of what the Medrash says, that the Mashiach, it says, Hine yaskel avdi, behold, my servant will grow wise. And the, and the Yalkut, uh, Yalkut, the, um, the Targum says, that the avdi, my servant will grow wise. Who is avdi? It's Malka Mashiacho, Mashiach. And it says three expressions. The Yoram, the Nisa, the Gova Mioid. Three expressions of exalted. Okay, he will rise, Yoram, he will Niso, he will become elevated, and the Gova Miyoi, exceedingly great. So the Medrash says, this is Amashiach, Mashiach ben Yosef actually. What does this mean? That he will become greater than Avram Avinu, and we're talking about a guy who's going to live with us. He will be greater than Avram Avinu, first expression. The second expression, he will be greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. Imagine a man greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. And the third expression, well, well, how big can you get, is he will be greater than the Malachim. Imagine a human being walking around who is greater than the Malachi Asharis. Who can imagine that? So you can imagine what he's going to reveal. So if you think this shock, I mean, America is, you know, this, just, this is a shock. It's called an infancy shock, you know. The real shock is when he arrives, this type of a person, and the whole gula takes place. You know, uh, people are going to be stunned for, for who knows how many years and so on. And then they'll realize that it's the Jewish people that is the real people who did the tikkun. And, uh, and what will happen? I always, I remember I was listening, I was in a car, and I had the radio tuned, and they were giving, uh, somebody got to help me out here, they were honoring a, uh, a, uh, a picture. Not a regular picture. He's what do you call that? Substitute pictures. What do you call those guys? Read it, answer. Thank you. They were are in a relief picture, right? I forgot his name. I think it's Rodriguez, yeah. right? Rivera. 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 I don't know anything about this, but I remember I was listening. There was a, two or three years ago. It was I forgot which. I think it was uh, in, in the Met Stadium. I think it was a stadium. There was like seventy, eighty thousand people there. Incredible, and it was all to honor. This man, wasn't that Rivera? Yeah. Whatever the guy's name. It was all to honor this guy. And they were screaming at the top of their lungs. That, that's, it, was just, it was incredible. So all of a sudden, I realized, I said, this is incredible, you know? Right now, I mean, what's a relief pitcher? Big deal. I mean, what's a complete ball? Like, so what, right? Okay, they honor that, and so on and so forth. But I realized that when the Mashiach comes, and that it is revealed that it is Klai Yisrael that did the Tikkun of the Bria, it will not be a stadium of 70,000 people. It will be every living thing in creation will scream at the top of their lungs, including the entire Pamayusha Maila, the entire heavenly host. They'll all be screaming in joy because of what the Jewish people did. They did the tikkun, notwithstanding all the incredible obstacles. 
That I realize, and that's, you know, and that, 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 if this is what they do to a relief pitcher, you know, could you imagine what they're going to do to when the Jews are vindicated and people will realize that this is the nation that brought the Tikkun and brought God back into the Bria, the whole creation will scream at the top of their lungs for Klai Yisrael, that they will cheer on Klai Yisrael because the Jews did the Tikkun. That's what, what's going to happen. You know, and I, I advise should happen in our time, but I'm telling you, you know, you're going to have to plug your ears when that goes on. And that's really what's going to happen. That's really what's going to happen with all the billions of people uh, that, that have done this and so on, you know. So, Rabbi, which is it? Is it going to be a, a, a productive, uh, great America that allows people to grow spiritually because of the yes. Menucha? Or is it going to be a rough ride because all the Cheshbonis have to be paid off? No, no. I, I, no. I believe that Trump, his purpose in many ways is messianic. That, that, that's what accounts. It's a miracle. And what he is supposed to do is make America great again because he has to create a climate of, of, of prosperity, of peace and tranquility. So what happened to the birth pain? Wait. And in that climate, okay, okay, it will grow. That doesn't mean it's not going to be, you know, rough. He's going to have to defend the peacefulness and the tranquility. Yeah. But first of all, the birth pain started long ago. It's not only now. Oh, yeah, we're in it. Really, we're in it. It's not going to start now. And, and this is... Um, uh, that's what he has to create, and I told you the rhyme for that. Yaakov Avinu, Vayichi Yaakov. He had to, he had to have peace and tranquility in Egypt for him to achieve Vayichi Yaakov, which is, and Yaakov lived, which he had an incredible understanding and growth of Ruchnius, Yaakov Avinu, because he needed that climate of peace and tranquility that Yosef HaTzadik provided him by being the viceroy. Therefore, the Jews to truly grow, they cannot grow under persecution, and they need to have a hachono. People don't realize the Jews need a preparation before the Mashiach, full-blown, can come out, because the light that he will reveal will be destructive. You can't tolerate that kedusha, and therefore, I believe that this preparation will happen now in a, in a, a climate of peace and prosperity and tranquility, and in that process, the, you can have the, this growth. Of both the Mashiach and Kleinsville. How, How that will happen is unknown. Be? What? How long would the preparation process be? I don't know. Yeah, no. Two years, three years, four years. We're, we're looking at it. It's probably, it's like, it's called around the corner. You see? And therefore, this, this is the beginning of the preparation. You know? It's like a shock. Remember the last shock you had? Remember the last shock you had? World Trade Center collapsing? Nobody could believe that the World Trade Center collapsing? Right? And you know the shock before that was? Right? When the Berlin Wall collapsed. You know, these are little shock. You know, the Berlin Wall collapsed. Everybody couldn't believe. Mm -hmm. I mean, but Bush said he, he doesn't understand. I mean, I gave a whole shit on that. Why? Because uh, Germany, because com communism, which separates the Germanies, has to reunite them because they're the Cheshbon. You know? And then you had the, uh, the, the Berlin Wall was won, which, by the way, happened on November 9th. Yeah. The wall fell, yeah. yeah. The Berlin Wall. I know. I the, remember that. The, yeah. the Berlin Wall collapsed Thursday, November 9th, which was in that year Yud Aleph Cheshvan. Yeah. Wait. Anyway, Yud Aleph Cheshvan. That's the Yod side of Rokhamin. That's when the Berlin Wall collapsed. 
And there's an enormous amount of hashkofa repercussions or implications on that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then the second thing was what? Was Chof Gimel Elom, right? 2001, what happened over there? The World Trade Center collapsed. And you remember looking at that, you couldn't believe what was going on. Was right? And that was to warn Edoim against who Yishmo really is. Because they should never have done that. It made no sense. What's his name? Uh, Osama bin Laden. He's crazy. What are you fighting with America? You can't win against this country and so on. But the Bunshim didn't care. He forced them so America should be alerted to who Yishmuel is. And that's when the real, you know, uh, arousal began of who Yishmuel is, you know. It's like the Bunshim does shock, shock, shock. But when he does it, it's always like people can't believe. And now the latest one, of course, is Trump. You know, and so on. And then it's going to continue, like what's called little aftershocks. You know, that's how, because we, I remember I told you that the two main ideas with the messianic process is even more so haboinam, the one that everybody despises, that became the cornerstone. And the second principle is v'nahapichu. It's always shocking. It should never have gone this way. Everybody said it was going the other way. Those are the two fundamental principles and that, that's in order to conceal from the Sultan what's really happening. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu was born in a time when they were killing Jews. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was a Mashiach bin Yosef. That's really who he was. So Moshe had to bring him down when the Sultan was busy bringing prosecutions against all the other Jews. So in order to hide the descent of the Mashiach, he brought him down in the middle of a war against the Jews. It, 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 it's all concealments and like, you know... And it was a vanahapoichu, you know, and, and, and you know the Evan Moasu, you know, it's a, it's astounding what the Bansham does. But if you if you know Hashkofa and you follow the uh, current events or whatever and so on, uh, you can begin to begin to piece to piece it together. That's really what it's based on. So we're we're in for a, a real ride, but I believe we're in for the end. Finally, it'll be over, and it'll be incredible once the Jews are redeemed. <coughs> You can't, you, there is no, nobody can comprehend what the messianic era will be like. Forget about Elam Habo. You know, the, I told you what the Medbush says. In Elam Habo, it says that the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, which is everything we have, is heaven, luft, luft, nothing compared to the Torah of Mashiach, right? Imagine what that is. And the Medbush continues, the end of Kohela says that the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu is heaven compared to the Torah of Elam Habo. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The Torah of Mashiach is heaven compared to the Torah of Olam Haba. Do we even have a? We, there's no comprehension of that, of what that really means. That's what, there's eleven dots of the Neglois, eleven of the Nenaad. 